Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we got a lot to talk about. So let's get started, shall we? Hello, Leah. Hello. How is your week this week? Oh my gosh. We did a family picnic. It was actually a play date for Ben. <laughs> You're still talking it's about a, the picnic. It's a follow-up to how Ben was feeling isolated from his friends demanding a phone. Right. Right. I was like, I'll oh, just, this is the, this I will is the... see you. I will have you see your friends in real life. Have a How's physical that chat. Yes. <laughs> you don't need a phone. You just need me to take you to your friends. Wow. <laughs> right. So uh, I have a couple of his school friends. Actually, they're both his school friends and Chinese school friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go to our city does every week a in the summer mm-hmm. a family night. So like they'll do in a, a show, park. yeah, in in different one of parks. The parks. Throughout there the are city. many yeah. parks. Yeah, and. One of them is like a magic show, another's a reptile show, and mm-hmm. it's kind of interactive, right? Right. And so we go to the mad science one, mm-hmm. and uh, for like right off the bat, the uh, the third kid gets there, and they're talking about what they're doing this summer. Oh, I was I'm wait, I was waiting for you to if you're going to bring this up. Oh my goodness! And, and so they're all talking about it, and then Frankie goes. I'm going to Chinese summer school and it sucks. He, he said <laughs> he specifically, said it, it so, sucks. He <laughs> said it's so loud. So and, loud. And, and all the parents know how involved I am in Chinese school. And, and they are they are appalled. They're so mortified. They're like just as though they had said it in front of the principal of the school or something. I mean, it is your school they're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like one of the other Chinese schools, yes. which there is another one. It is your school. I, I see the kid on Saturdays. I go volunteer on right, Saturdays right, right. for the summer school program. Right. And the kid comes up to me and goes, hi, Ben's mom. <laughs> Super cheerful. <laughs> he, is, uh, he saw me. Is sitting back to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change this. And it sucks. <laughs> so funny. And I'm oh like, yeah, good thing you can't make a Yelp review. <laughs> It was quite funny. <laughs> Anyways, then we're watching the show, and uh, they have kids participate. They come up on stage right. to do each experiment. And a girl goes up to do uh, an airflow experiment. It's the one where you put a um, a toilet paper roll on a spool. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you blast a leaf blower at it to pr- to show that no matter which angle you're angling it at, it's mm-hmm. going to go and the airflow goes in the same direction or something right. like that. And the little girl's hair gets caught in the intake of the leaf blower. Yes. The show stops. Y- yes. Okay. And the the mad scientist is obviously not prepared no <laughs> the mom has to come she up she runs up they're trying to figure out how to pull the girl's hair it's not coming out they, they okay. did they were able to get no i think they cut it no oh really yeah they, they they walked it back out but that was what i noticed was the 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 young woman who mm-hmm. works for the city she had her city uniform on she was standing by the side yeah she was like the slickest person she started she re, she she just bent down real calm bent down i saw her like magician's palm a pair of scissors nice and i just saw her walking casually up to the table and she's about to like step in and start cutting 
Like yes. she's yeah, yeah. ready to keep the show going. Yeah. She's like, the show must go on. <laughs> it was. I'm like, oh, it's about to get real crazy over here. And then uh, there was another thing that went wrong in the experiment. And then the last one was they had these kids shaking up this carboy. Yeah, they put like or, a flammable liquid inside a, 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 a tiny amount of flammable yeah. liquid and started shaking it. So they're 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 aerosol. They're creating an aerosol. Yeah. Right? So everybody's shaking it. Yeah. And and then she goes to light it, right? Mm-hmm. But then she realizes she needs to light the thing, but also lift the top. It's windy so too. Then, yeah. So the ma- she wants to. I was about <laughs> to lose my mind. I almost walked up at that point because by it was almost like you know the the um the joke of like. It's in Russia, and this guy's got a, a cone on his head, and he's dancing. He's, like, twerking on the hood of some diplomat's limo, and this guy gets out. He's, like, security, and he slaps the cone <laughs> off the guy's head, and underneath the cone is a smaller cone <laughs> over the guy's head. And the and the whole – she's got two arms, and she's like, I got to use this. She's saying this. I, she's narrating her thought process, <laughs> right? She's like, I got to use this long match to light the, the, the carboy. It has so to she, be a long match. She's trying to stay away, as far away from the carboy but as that's, possible. But this is what this is what made me go insane. She pulled out a long necked lighter that was exactly <laughs> the same length as the match that she was going to use to light the carboy. And I almost yelled, "Use the lighter!" Because <laughs> it was the same length. Her hand was offset, so she's doing this three armed juggle of light match. <laughs> twist off lid from carboy to the point that she could just pull it off the top she realizes she lights the match and then she starts twisting and then yeah. it, it goes out yeah so the then she starts goes. lighting it again and still twi- and she realizes oh i can just i can just twist it like all the way yeah i'll and take it off pull it off but then she's not also she can't light it this. she can't light it fast enough though because it's windy. because yeah and so but the aerosols like starting to escape right you, you can't know? you can't leave it open yeah because it will there is a it was the most intense theater experience I've ever experienced in my life watching this person who opened a 101 interesting science project for kids book and decided to build a, a tight a tight 20 out of it and I'm sitting there like how's this gonna end I don't I, I was, uh, yeah, anyway, she got and it done. So she lit it, but then she looked surprised at how much flame was coming out of the carboy. <laughs> it was great. It was great. <laughs> Top 10 picnic. <laughs> it was fantastic. So, yeah, that's what happened this week. <laughs> Man, that was good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming out and listening to the Next podcast. time, the reptile show. <laughs> So gotta... It's just reptiles escaping. <laughs> They're trying to open one reptile cage with another reptile. Right, right, right. Got a reptile sucked into the inductor of a leaf blower. The impeller is the correct term, I believe. Well, everybody, thanks for clicking on the podcast. We'd like to kick it off with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. I want to. We're going to go back in time a little bit. There was a time when there were no odas what and people just how went. did people get oda if they didn't if they didn't did, oda there what? was there was no oda right people would just go to a park set up ham radio and just make contact and the dinosaurs for didn't no stop them? for no extra bonus points 
No extra any. Yeah, the dinosaurs. Yes, yes. They, they would just Were go. Were there woolly mammoths? Yes, yes, of course. That's right, yes. They would just go to a park and set up a radio station and then operate said radio. For the contacts alone. The contacts were the reason that you went to the park. How many parents had to die in the land before Oda? Well, I mean, we had to use <laughs> we had to use the covered wagons. So little Jimmy got dysentery for sure, if not also snake bite. And then you had, uh, you, you know, it happened. Someone died, and then you just had to like rough hew a name on a rock. Oh, that like you know. You just left it there. Yeah. And all oddly enough, all the rocks that had the etchings on it all look the same. <laughs> for, years, for those of you who played the Oregon Trails. That. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, it's really just a hammering a minute. Everybody should really appreciate the fact that we have such a cool program. Programs like Parks on the Air, Summits yeah. on the Air. Thank you to the cool hams who are uh, running these databases. Yeah. And, uh... and I got a bit of shade. On Twitter. What? The worldwide flora and fauna people started coming after me. You know what? You should just move to threads. I'm on threads. Uh, of I course mean, I'm on threads. By the way, I'm Hammered to Twitter. You mean Ab X, Leia? Abandon Twitter. Do you, do you remember like in the 90s? Because everybody on threads is going to be so nice all the time. It's, it, it'll never devolve. Hmm. <laughs> do you remember in the 90s that you could almost tell... It was like a dude bro company if they figured out how to put an X in the front of their name of the company. Oh, yeah. That was like... Extreme yo-yo. Extreme yo-yo. A man owns that company. Huh? <laughs> we know the man. Well, it's a real human. Yeah. Used to. I mean, it's it's gone now, but... Um, yeah. So naming something X, extreme like how... Extreme yogurt. <laughs> it was just so many things that were extreme. Dude flavors. <laughs> Bark. <laughs> Cedar. <laughs> Always cedar. Always bet on cedar. Oh, campfire. <laughs> I need more gunpowder. Ran out of gunpowder. You campfire for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mowed lawn. Yes. WD forty. <laughs> the froyo. Yes. <laughs> Sawdust. <laughs> the the B in TCBY is bro. <laughs> Fair enough. Leia, would you like to take oh no! Test? You caught you, I caught you lacking there. Oh no! I haven't studied all week. I don't know. I mean, feels feels the same. Oh, feels these like... are very these are very very repetitive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, but, but the, I'm just gonna skip the questions in the pool. Like if you're going by sub element, they're going to be hammering. They're going to be yeah. similar questions. Just. It, yeah. taken and written a different way. How about I just wait until I hit one I'm not sure about. Every... <laughs> so now you're just... I thought this was for everyone to learn the questions. Now you're just skimming to one you like? Okay, which of the following one-way transmissions are prohibited? Are permitted? This is, this is easy. Yeah. A, transmission to assist with the learning of international Morse code. B, unidentified transmissions of less than 10 seconds in duration. C, all of these choices are correct. D, regular transmission offering equipment for sale if intended for amateur radio use. 
And the answer is A, transmissions to assist with the learning of international Morse code. Word. All right. Which HF bands have segments exclusively allocated to amateur extra licensees? A, 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. B, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, and 12 meters. C, all HF bands. Or D, all HF bands except 160 meters and 10 meters. I got this one wrong. Yeah, it's geez. 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, and 15 meters. Mm -hmm. Which I should know because this is the inverse of another question. Uh, all multiples of 20 plus yeah. 15? Yeah. should remember that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What portion of the 10-meter band is available for repeater use? A, the portion between 28.1 megahertz and 28.2 megahertz. B, the portion above 29.5 megahertz. C, the portion between 28.3 megahertz and 28.5 megahertz. Or D, the entire band. The, I got this right. Uh, the portion above 29.5 megahertz. Good for you. Yeah, it's the high side of the band. All right. Under what conditions are state and local governments <laughs> permitted to regulate amateur radio antenna structures? Mm. A, at any time, to any extent necessary to accomplish a legitimate, a legitimate purpose of the state or local entity provided that proper filings are made with the FCC. Or if Jim comes around. <laughs> Legitimate. B, under no circumstances, FCC rules take priority. <laughs> C, amateur service communications must be reasonably accommodated and regulations must constitute the minimum practical to accommodate a legitimate purpose of the state or local entity. D, only when such structures exceed 50 feet in height and are clearly visible 1,000 feet above... Uh, from the structure. It is C. The amateur service communications must be reasonably accommodated. Yep. This is... Uh, don't tell that to the HOA, though. They never have... They don't they believe you. They just put their ears, their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 la. Would you try and make that argument? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you understand? I have legitimate purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate. <laughs> I don't normally call you out when you say things wrong. I feel like that's a very low level of comedy, but I don't know why legitimate really got stuck in my brain. <laughs> what, what, what was that shroom rock you were talking about? <laughs> Shungite. Doesn't that sound like a mushroom rock? <laughs> oh my gosh. If you'd like to, totally unrelated to anything we're doing right now, but if you'd like to do a deep dive in some of the wooiest woo and just laugh your butts off. There is a mineral that comes out of Russia. It's called shungite. And there are people who believe that if they put their shungite on their Wi-Fi router, it protects them from harmful EMF. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so stupid. Oh, shungite. I, I actually have an interesting... I guess I'll bring it up in the preparedness corner. It's totally unrelated to the preparedness corner. Sure. But I'll, that's, I'll that's, bring it up. Then. That's your corner. Yeah. It's Legos. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. Okay. 
What are the restrictions on the abbreviations or procedural signals in the amateur service? A, they are limited to those expressly listed in Part 97 of the FCC rules. Okay. B, they are not permitted. C, they may be used if they do not obscure the meaning of a message. Or D, only Q signals are permitted. I got this right. They may be used if they do not obscure the meaning of a message. Very good. Am I at five yet? Um, I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to do whatever it is Leia's doing, but also learn and study and get your <laughs> amateur radio license, we highly recommend the Gordon West books. We have links on Amazon. They are affiliate links. It helps out the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a cent more. And Gordo's such a great guy. He is. He's fantastic. He, one of the best amateur radio-like ambassadors that I think there has been. So you cannot say enough good things about dear old Gordo. We also recommend the Fast Track to your Ham Radio license books that are also available on Amazon, but it's really through Audible. They're, they are audiobooks, which worked really great for me when I was driving to and from work. And um, yeah, hamstudy.org, also the big the big winner here, which is what we use for doing all the practice tests, or what Leia uses. Well, the, the study. Um, yeah, hamstudy.org. You're, you're doing the practice right now because you're kind of reading through the questions yeah. to, to familiarize yourself with the pool, which I was thinking to myself, you've never done it before. Why start now? <laughs> uh, but you can do... But now I have so many years to do it. So many years. <laughs> <laughs> you can use hamstudy.org to just look through the question pool and take, you know, simple study. Um, or you can take practice exams, which um, I think are very value added because it tracks your status as you move along mm -hmm. as you make an account it'll tell you what you're not doing so great at in the sub elements and i think it helps out a lot you know i'm, I'm really disappointed i didn't see gordo at the oc fair i went he doesn't to the do OC that. Fair. he doesn't do it anymore they don't they don't the his club doesn't doesn't run a booth i do you know I, how you know how long it's been since they had a booth like some of the first times you and i went to the fair before we had kids, mm -hmm. it was listed on the map. Mm -hmm. And I went there, like, asking around, and I got bewildered stares from people that worked at the fair, like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. The, we got turkey legs, but we don't have ham legs. I don't know. Like, we ain't got no ham. Yeah, we went to, uh, you know what they do have instead of ham? Mm. They now have bacon-wrapped pork belly. That's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was not a fan. It was good when it was hot. I oh, brought it I mean, home for sense, you, yeah. so it was. Mm -hmm. uh, what else did we do at the fair that was really great? The OC Fair, I think, is a really nice one if you're going to do a California one. Mm -hmm. Because and we don't have a lot of experience with other fairs, Leia, to be honest. I've been to the L.A. County Fair. Yeah, that's two. Multiple times. Out of all yeah. the counties in California, it's tough for us to say that's, you know. It's solid, though. Okay. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Join the conversation by relieving a review. Relieving? Relieving a view. Yeah, relieve yourself of a review for us, please. It would be appreciated. On the Apple Podcast for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. And or emailing us at leia at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious. And we appreciate it. Leia, we have a review. We do? This is from... Five-star review. Yay! This is from... <laughs> Last week, we took in the reviews, and we're like, just, just wait. my bad. Just wait. <laughs> well, no, last time we read the reviews, we're like, I'm going to do what I want. That's actually what happened. Because both came for the preparedness corner. Yeah. But hold on to your butts, Leia. This is from 
L-G-X-8-X-0-D-Y-S-H-D-L-S-P-Z-L-G-Z-L-G-Z-Y-Y-H-J-V-D. And they write, Hi. Long-time listener. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, repeat that. <laughs> you, have <helped> spark, <laughs> you have helped spark an interest in the world of ham radio with all your remarkable content. I am a tech, but am about to test for the general on 8-12. Good well, luck you know on your is? general test. August 12th. Thanks in large part to the HRCC content. Please keep up the good work, and I think I speak for most when I say that... We very much enjoy the preparedness corner. Oh, thank you. That thank is you. Wait for from... this week's preparedness corner. <laughs> that is from... I've decided yes. to be defiant and go off the rails. Good, good. <laughs> that is from Adrian, KK7GXB. Thank, thank you, you Adrian. Adrian. We very much That's appreciate much appreciated. It. We appreciate that. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of these. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to be Shungite. (laughs) So this week is about Shung. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes. Can we please talk about crazy woo on the internet? Actually, I'm going to bring up a very controversial topic, and it doesn't sound... Is it guns again? No, it doesn't sound like it's controversial, but it is every single time it happens, mm-hmm. it, it just explodes Man, into debate. I don't want to talk about shack rounding. <laughs> Can we not? It's actually two parts. I, was, I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. One of our neighbors on our block sends me a bunch of pictures of somebody who and we live in a cul-de-sac okay for so those that no don't know reason. there's no th- through yeah. road there's no reason to come down this street unless you are purposely coming down this street right okay <laughs> and so one of our neighbors has an orange tree mm-hmm. in their front yard mm-hmm. it is like very clearly in their front courtyard actually kind of close to their front door mm-hmm. so there's no limbs that go into any public spaces or anything like that right Fully enclosed. It's literally on the back end of the front yard, right? Yeah. It's not... And it's surrounded by grass right. of, of their lawn. Right. Right? Okay. Right. So somebody pulled up to their house, rang their doorbell, and <clears throat> they didn't answer because they thought the guy looked a little bit off. Mm-hmm. The guy proceeded to pick a bunch of oranges off of their tree and drive away. That's right? weird, man. Okay. And to me, that's theft. Um, sure. Okay. It's, it's. So we shot the guy. No. <laughs> to bring guns back in. No. 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 So, um, my neighbor asked us to pull our surveillance footage and, and asked if I would go ahead and post it on the, um, our zones neighborhood, uh, watch information. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you actually. So I posted, yeah, I posted a picture of the guy. Um, the guy's an adult male, but he, I was gonna say, he's that's Asian. That camera, that one. You don't have access to that camera. That's a secret camera. You wouldn't have gotten a shot anyway, because it was it's so far away that it didn't activate. The parking across oh, okay. the street didn't activate. Okay. Uh, so I get like one frame of the car, mm-hmm. and 
because the guy's Asian, he looks young. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I post it full well knowing. People are going to be, it's just fruit. Maybe the guy was hungry. <laughs> like right. all of these things. All right? the things, yeah. But it, in reality, like uh, probably a month ago, somebody had posted about a neighbor walking up to their driveway to take some of their succulents, like take clippings of their succulents, mm-hmm. which is also theft. That's like, I don't know why people think because it's a plant that it's not theft. Yet, like it's a plant at your house. Right. It totally is theft. Because if... You were a farmer and somebody came to your well, cornfield okay. so and decided is... to like jack some ears of corn. That is theft. So there, uh, so actually there's probably a gray area here within the law that if you no. don't do some amount of effort to prevent people from wandering onto your property. What? Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have there to, is, there is a, there is a allowance for if branches are on your side if it it goes into into a public public space that's fine Mm -hmm. and so my um my history teacher chimed in uh my high school history teacher i'm not currently taking a history class (laughs) (laughs) interesting Uh, he posted that somebody had driven up to the backside of his house pulled out a ladder climbed his wall to pick his guavas and when he came out to confront the guy he's like oh i'm so sorry it was a mistake (laughs) the premeditation of the ladder alone (laughs) tells me that it was not a mistake i'm just like what but a lot of people are on the other side like oh this is no big deal you shouldn't post his face if somebody had stolen a bike out of your front yard right that you grew? <laughs> a grown bike? You would 100% be posting the person's picture. Anyways, it wasn't my story. Right. But I was just trying to help out my neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, because for them, it feels violating. Of course. You Somebody know goes I, on your property and like that you don't know and just take something from you. Yeah, exactly. And yes. And a, the guy knew he needed permission. That's right. why he, he rang the, door. the doorbell. Right, 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 right. Just because nobody answered doesn't mean that's an automatic yes. <laughs> that's an ollie ollie <laughs> oxygen free. We're good. <laughs> you had your chance. Anyways. And, and I, I say all this because I wonder if in like a post-apocalyptic situation, mm-hmm. if then if you having a tree in your front yard is just game on. Yeah, totally. It's totally you, game on. You think so? Yeah. You don't think it would be theft in that situation? Oh, yeah. It's still theft. All the rules still apply, but it's like people are more desperate, so it's totally game on. I'm not talking about whether or not more people would do it. I'm talking about the morality of it. I think it's almost worse in a post-apocalyptic situation because that person doesn't have a way to go and buy the things that they're growing. They're 100% reliant on what they're growing. Yeah. Right? Anyways, so (laughs) this week's Preparedness Corner is actually about common outlandish scenarios that preppers prepare for. (laughs) Yes. Excellent. Okay. I'm down for this. And so here's a list. I want to see what you think. Okay. I'm ready for outlandish. Zombie type outbreak. Uh, The zombies are really just a metaphor for humans going chaotic oh is that what you think yeah it's 
it's a rabble of illogical, irrational people that just want to take something. That's really what a zombie video movie's about. Sure, I think it's actually uh, relatively easy to isolate a zombie situation. So, oh, I don't mean on, the, I don't mean on the literal sense. I mean it's just, it's just a euph- like it's a it's sure, an example sure. of the the chaos that is humans when you break, boil them down to the baser instincts. Two alien invasion. Yeah, that's, that's unlikely. Incredibly. And honestly, if the aliens were advanced enough to come here, they don't need what we have. Yeah, we're it, we're done. <laughs> well, no, it, so the, there's so many there's so many different ways to look at this, and and it's actually th- this alone could be like a four hour podcast, which we're not going to do on aliens. So there's there's something called the Great Barrier, which I'm not going to get into, and there's Fermi's paradox and all this other stuff that that goes into intelligent life outside of our own. Mm-hmm. The the concept is. For one, there to be an alien species that can traverse the sheer volume of space that mm-hmm. exists for them to get to us, mm-hmm. for them to get all the way to us just to destroy us and harvest us or take our resources, whatever. Mm-hmm. With that such of an advanced technology, they could just go harvest other planets that mm-hmm. are in a Goldilocks space that has whatever resources they're looking for, right? Right. So... The fact that they would come, and it's also like a yeah, we've in a really, haystack. we've we've really done the Earth a service by destroying it. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. that's the War of the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they don't want what we have here. <laughs> we... I mean, th- then there's the opposite of so it, it's it's either one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. It's either we'll never experience like hear anything from anyone mm-hmm. outside of like us intelligence wise, mm-hmm. because why would they bother? Right. There's plenty of other places to go. There's no Volk space Vulcans rolling around that come to Earth to like give us warp technology. Like right. that's probably not going to happen. Right. Right. The opposite is that if they actually have the technology and they do come here, you can almost positively assume that their intent is not good. Right. Because if they're going to take that long of a journey just to get here, mm-hmm. they're probably coming to mess something up. Because why? Right. Why? Why would you? Yeah. Unless, unless you now you're dealing. See, this is why it gets so <laughs> difficult, right? Unless they're a truly altruistic society that have co- fully come together and, and it's like you know, kumbaya to everything, right? Then yeah, okay, you know, they can come out and be like, "Hey, you guys are wild. You're you're wild and way way out too far. You know, let's show you the better way of doing that's, all." That's this. also never actually uh, altruistic. <laughs> Well, in human terms, but that's all we know, right? So if all we know is the way humans deal with it, then we have no f- concept of what true altruism looks like. Right, but we as humans, because that's all we know, mm-hmm. will never interpret it as altruism. Oh, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a- no. We'll immediately start shooting <laughs> yeah. in the face. All right. Uh, so this is strange. A country attacked by a large nuke or EMP. Yeah, that's totally plausible. Yeah, that's not that's not I, I don't know that that's so, not outlandish. I on the scale of like whatever you're telling me sample, North Korea, n- well, if, if they could get their hands on a nuke, <laughs> would not just be like one night of too much Crown Royale. <laughs> oh, Crown Royale. <laughs> it's a Crown Royale and cheese. <laughs> They're the largest consumer, single consumer of a uh, well, I Crown mean, Royale. His dad was. I don't know that. Come on. 
Come on. <laughs> Kim Jong Jr. Kim Jong Jr. Yeah, come on. Kim Jong Jr. We're calling him that from now on. So that, you know what I realized? That's the only country you can really clown on because they have no way to hear you. <laughs> oh no, they totally do. They have hackers that are fully on the internet. They'd listen to this podcast. Oh my god. Yeah. But totally. they but then they also joke. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get it. Yeah. They know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so <laughs> I mean we have no idea. The the reality is so statistically, to me, it would seem that in our world that we live in, it's much more like definitive to launch a nuke and like drop it on people mm. you're going to kill many many people if you do that sure but if you launch like a high altitude atomic weapon mm -hmm. and you create an high altitude emp mm -hmm. that's going to kill people but it's as a result of the weapon and you can easily justify that in your head as like we're trying to set them back so that we can like take the lead okay. right so it's, I think, statistically more likely that you would see an EMP type event before you see a, a nuke. So problem. EMP, not outlandish to you. No. Okay. Nuke, though, I think is because it's like, come on. AI. We're all going to be nuking everything. AI becoming sentient and targeting all humans. That doesn't seem outlandish to me at all. It is all. absolutely outlandish. No, I, that is 100% the, the real threat. Yeah, I know. That's you are... <laughs> If Doomsday Preppers came back as a TV show, I'm preparing for the Terminators. I've legally changed my name to Sarah Connor. Uh, lizard Overlord. That, the Hollow Earth, the Hollow Earth conspiracy with the Lizard Overlords. Oh, see, that's, that's like, that's some good old timey conspiracy theory. You know, that's, that, that hits That's me like right where you have to deny a very large part of reality. Oh, a huge, like right? it's flat earth territory. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's, so the, the, I argue that flat earth, like theory is the mother of conspiracy theories. Like it is the pinnacle of conspiracy. Like if you can, if you can believe that there is not a conspiracy theory, I can't throw at you. That you <laughs> and the hollow earth lizard gonna, overlord. Can is, I sell is, you some, some shroom right? Some shroom right. <laughs> some shungite. Yeah. That's who you take it to. Sudden collapse of civilization. Uh, that's totally also plausible. If you look at the slow decline. Mm, no. Sudden collapse. Yeah. So there was a, oh God, I can't remember what the power outage was, but there was a power outage that happened on the East coast to hit New York. It hit many different things. And yeah. there is a, uh, a great documentary on like determining what caused this. And it was this rolling cascade of failures that ultimately came from one device that when it wow. failed, it took out most of the Eastern seaboard took it out dead so you hear that a lot too and though by the way that whole thing wraps in tucks in nicely if you will with the emp crowd because the emp crowd they're not so much thinking of like oh i can't use my iphone the emp they're thinking you take out all the power companies when there's no power all of a sudden society just starts consuming itself okay from from you know again conspiracy theory the you know slippery slope fallacy type of thing 
foreign invasion. That is, I don't even know. I mean, so that Some is actually fascist that communist happened. government takes over and cracks down, leading to martial law. That's happening in the news right now. I mean, I'm assuming we're looking at this a very, very Americocentric type of thing. But I mean, let let's take let's look at our friends in in the UK, right? In Australia, do we really think that? countries are going to try and invade right now and that you need to prepare for that i think that's outlandish right other countries not so much well i mean ukraine <laughs> right ukraine yeah right. exactly actually i would love an update from people in ukraine yeah if there's anybody that's yeah. closely related to that we'd love to get an email lay at hamtactical.com fill us in because i think um also i am so detached from the news media I, don't I just don't trust it anymore. Yeah, I don't I, trust I don't... either side. I just, uh, and I, I just don't. Which yeah. uh, again is uh, another testament to ham radio. You can actually get on the air, and if yes. you can reach Ukraine, you can talk to somebody no. who is Extremely not difficult, but yes, not trying to tell you what's happening for an agenda. Right. So we would love to hear an update. Um, yeah. Well, don't let's not turn it into a political hot potato, but. You know, within yeah. reason. Yeah. All right. And when I say either side of the media, I don't mean Russia or Ukraine. <laughs> I mean <laughs> any side of the political spectrum of media. Right. Yeah. I understood what you yeah. meant. American right. media you were talking right, about. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Well, that's the preparedness corner. Oh, that's it? <laughs> yeah, that's... Okay. Stealing fruits and outlandish... <laughs> we're going to try something out. Okay, actually, no, I think we're going to try it out now. So this Bluetooth thing is going to be a, a bit of an issue, but we're going to try it. I was sent something. new So I'm cracking into a physical mail. I want to give a big shout out to Brian Stevens or Stephens. I'm going with Stevens. He sent me an MCT73 Spark Gap Labs Morse code trainer. What? Oh, we're doing Morse code. You are now learning Morse code. I had long said that this should be a segment. So this is a device me. that we can do that. We're going to use what's called the Koch method. Koch method works off of exposing you to two characters at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And it is played in repetitive order, but randomized. And as you progress to the levels, they keep adding a character. The Koch method traditionally starts with the K character and the M character. Okay, let's do it. K is... Don't tell me. Well, no, just play it for me. Well, how are you going to know what... It doesn't say K. It's going to play... It's just going to give you them. Yeah. No. What do you mean? So I want to hear it you in want me tones. To, you want to learn wrong? I want to hear it in tones. I don't want to hear you telling me what it's supposed to sound like. I want to hear what it's going to sound like. If Then I have to key a K to you. It's going to play a K and an M in random order and not tell you which one is which. Can't you just key the K? No, I, I don't have a key hooked up to this. I was going to tell you what a K is. It's very easy. Oh, geez. Now it's complaining that we haven't done anything. <laughs> a K is a da-da-da. And an M is a da-da. That's it. Ready? Okay. Here you go. It's happening now. Everybody listen.
Am I supposed to be writing this down? Ideally. I thought that's what you had your phone out for. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm like, you're let's swiping a lot let's for let's the again. notes app. <laughs> this is, wow. Let's do it again. Do it again? Okay. Yeah. Ready? Okay. What, what is K again? Da-da-da. Okay. Da-da-da. Okay. And M is? Da-da. Okay. Pretty straight. These ones are easy okay. characters. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. There you go. Three, two, one. What'd you get? M K M M M K M M M K K. Yeah, but there is spacing applied. So there, um, it was M K M M M space K M space M M K K. I did it. You did it. Yeah. Good job. That's it. I mean, so you do that uh, for ten minutes, just K and M. And then when you feel comfortable, you move to the next letter, which I don't know what the next letter is. Let's go back. Level two is just R. I don't even... Oh, they're adding R. So yeah, R is the third character. R is my favorite character next to L. Why? Da-da did. Okay. <laughs> what, if, what else I need to say? <laughs> Tells you everything you know about it right up front. <laughs> I love R. R is the best. Anyway. Thank you for sending this thing. Now this Josh great. expects me to study Morse code. <laughs> That's right. Got her Got her all. See? New show topic. Uh, I, I forgot like, to play. I feel like I'm being really con here. <laughs> I totally forgot to play the drop. By the way, we got a new drop. And uh, I, I, again, want to thank... Desert Walker 45. Lasers, pew, pew. lasers, hit radio. <laughs> it's not mm. too sweet. <laughs> I don't know if that fits exactly. So if somebody wants to uh, give us a drop for what the, like, what should I, we call it? I don't even CW. It can't be CW corner. We already have a preparedness corner. Romantic CW. What? CW romance. <laughs> Romancing the CW. I uh, Romancing the CW is pretty good. I had to work my way up to that one. I had two parts and I just had to shuffle them around. I don't really even, I don't really love any of this. Right. <laughs> so the show topic. All right. Today so today's is discussion for today is. Go on to the show. The, the, show topic the, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. All right. I have talked a lot about the 17 foot telescopic whip. Okay. I want to put my feelings together uh, on that antenna. Because it's more than just the whip. Obviously, we know antenna systems are more complicated than that. Into the show topic. This is for a reason. I will be doing a review of the Chameleon vertical antenna. I already have it. I've already been using it. So far, things are really good for reasons that I will put in a video. But I wanted to talk about potentially a cheap entry-level antenna. From my point of view, cheap in the consistency of highly portable and effective. The 17-foot telescopic whip adds no coils. There's no loading. It's just pure 
metal in the air, right? And if we go back to all the things we talk about when we talk about antennas, is wire in the air is king. Re uh, resonant antennas is what we're looking for. And the 17-foot whip, for me, is great because it's easy to cart around, easy to get set up, and versatile in the sense of how you mount it, which we'll talk about. So the heart of the whole thing, 17-foot telescopic whip. There are a number of brands that manufacture them, make them. We've talked about Alpha Antenna. They have what they're referring to as an upgraded 17-foot telescopic. I don't have one yet. I plan on getting one. Hopefully, that's something I can also put together and do some uh, work on. I think they do have the more robust option, but that is based off of my assessment of seeing the one at Hamvention. So FYI on that. Chameleon makes one. I think it goes for 60 bucks. MFJ has one. I think it's roughly the same price because I have a feeling that they're kind of all manufactured the same. Now I'm talking about the 17 foot total length whip. There are many variations on that total length. There's many different telescopic whip antennas. The 17 is what I'm talking about specifically because you will be able to get all the way down to 20 meters with that. And you can go higher all the way up to 10 meters, even six meters by physically adjusting the telescopic length. So sliding the elements back into itself. There are a myriad of mounting options for these. The thread pitch of the antenna is a 3 8 24 thread pitch. So the same what you'd expect off of a hamstick or basically anything with that wider, call it a tripod mount that you might have on a camera, wider than a camera, right? It's 3 8 by 24. There are tripods available that work for this. It has to be a female though end because the antenna is the male end of the threading. There are clamps that exist. Clamps can vary from expensive upwards of a hundred dollars but then they make a vice grip there's literally multiple people that take a vice grip they weld on a piece of angle iron with a hole and then you supply a 3 8 by 24 mounting bracket with the female receiver and it has the coax adapter on one side the so239 and the 3 8 by 24 thread on the other end these were very popular with CB operators, but they work great for us for reasons that I'll talk about later. Also, they're really cheap. Like you can get some of these well below $20. So $60 for the antenna, let's call it $20 for this vice grip clamp. The next thing is radials. This is a vertical antenna, meaning it is half of the antenna. Think of it as if you, if you thought about a dipole, one side's the positive, the vertical whip is the positive end of the coax. And the radials would make up the negative side of the of the coax line, if you will. More radials is always better. The cool thing about radials and this type of antenna is you can adjust them, you can add more, you can take them away. You will affect performance based off of how you deal with radials, but radials are cheap. You can go to the Home Depot and buy a spool of wire and, and get rocking on it. There's lots of options here too for mounting. There are round hole type spade connectors that they use in the automotive industry for battery terminals type of thing that just so happen to be the proper diameter to fit over the top of the SO239. So you can actually just use the coax to kind of hold the radial in. If you're using the vice grips though, you can just go straight to bare wire. Like you can take the vice grip, clamp down on the wire and whatever it is you're clamping onto and you make a solid radial connection. You could use a flat piece of strap metal 
that you sandwich in between the vice grip or your clamp or whatever you're using. And then if you're using a tripod, you know, there's sky's the limit. You can do all kinds of thing with, things with that. Now, tuning is the downside of this antenna. That's the, the part that I'll cover here is that, yes, all of this is very portable. You can get it into the field really easily. The problem is going to be tuning. I have gotten to the point that I can kind of just tune it by looking at it and getting it in the you know, in the wheelhouse, and then I can just, just feel the vibration. I uh, just feel the vibration. Way to go! <laughs> it's just your sweet, sweet, sexy shine. <laughs> so you adjust it physically in length. Longer all the way out is going to get you into twenty meters. It's going to be the low side of twenty meters, and then you can just kind of go inch by inch, pulling elements back in and testing it. As you get started out with this, you're probably going to need an antenna analyzer to get good at it. But the more you use it and the more you deploy it, you can get to the point where you don't need markings of any kind. You can kind of just eyeball and go, yeah, that's that's roughly 20 meters or that's roughly 10 meters or whatever. And then you can just use the radio's SWR meter. The radio's SWR meter is not going to give you a cool like antenna plot, but it is going to just give you a straight SWR reading, which having used the analyzer, you can kind of get in the wheelhouse of where you're looking. So I highly recommend to use an analyzer for this because that'll give you the R and X value as well, which is the resonance is what is the R that you're looking for, for determining or not the R. I think it's the Z. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, anyway, you, you can do multiple things with an analyzer that will help you with both understanding what the impedance is of the antenna, but also the relative resonance or the resonance point and also the inductance and everything else based off of the antenna. But again, there's no loading, so it should be um, just adjustable to the point that you're going to get into resonance. I like the Nano VNA for this. If you want to keep it cheap, that's, you know, another 60 bucks. If you want to go down that road and the value of that is you can use that for lots of other things as well. And you can generally, again, get good enough with the SWR meter, but your experience is going to be really important. The more you use this, if you use this every weekend, if you do a POTA with this, you're going to be good to go. Now, effectivity on this, it's pretty good. You don't need to hoist a wire up into the air. You just kind of need to get it in a spot where you're away from RFI generators because it is a vertically polarized antenna. So it is going to pick up noise more than that of a horizontally polarized antenna and being close to the ground. It is true that you will get more RFI if you're close to something that is just spitting out a bunch of stuff. But if we're talking about a POTA portable type antenna, this is pretty good. Keep it away from things. Use your coax, you know, as, you, as kind of like your way of getting it further out and away from noise generators. And you should be good. The advantage here is that because it's vertically polarized and it's positioned on the ground is that you get what's called a low takeoff angle. So if you think about RF coming out in all directions off of the broad side of that vertical, you're going to catch some pretty wide angles, if you will, off the refraction off the atmosphere. And that's only going to help you make more contacts. So there you go. That's my cheap, simple, portable vertical antenna. Not cheaper than a building a wire dipole, that's for sure. But I think it is good for people who are thinking about doing portable ham radio and something that you probably should consider before going down the road of any more complicated type of vertical because you can always just use the whip and the clamp and all the other stuff uh, with those other pieces of equipment. So yeah, there you go.
There you go. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Hello and welcome to the email correspondence tower. The looming tower in the center is where we go to read your emails. And you can send us emails at leia at hamtactical.com. But two outbuildings on the side and the leftmost side of the property is the physical mail depot. I already mentioned the amazing device that Brian sent us, the MCT73 CW testing Yeah, tool. Brian, thanks so much for that. Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I really like it. I think it's really cool. It 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 gives me more Sereno vibes, but um, yeah, I'm gonna have to deep dive this and get get better acquainted with it. Uh, great, great, cool little device. It has an output for headphones and also a keyer, so you can use this. You can key into it, and it'll do a little study aid. Um, really, really cool. Now, I did get um a QSL card. This is pretty cool. So I, I wanted to mention it because there is a, a stamp on the back. Ooh. And this is from Todd Bruchard. Oh, I love stamps like that. N3TJB. This is from Newcastle Country, Delaware, USA. Oh. Look at this, Leah. Look at the look at the isn't that cool? Oh, it's an actual castle. It's an it's castle country. Yeah. Well now I want to go to Delaware. Yeah. Hey, how many states can you name? So the reason why... <laughs> I don't know. I hope all of them. The reason why I want to mention this is this is my first QSL card. Uh, well, wait. I made, I take that back. Adam might have sent me one. So let's call it the first non-Adam uh, QSL card that I got for Morse code. Oh. This is, so this was... My contact that I made from home on my five watt transmitter went all the way to Todd in Delaware. Nice. N3TJB. And it was on Morse code 14.047 megahertz. He was using 100 watts. Pretty cool. I'm super excited. And he's a member of the SKCC, which is the single key. Um, Century Club. That's right. I forgot Is that like that. only hams? No. Oh, <laughs> no. It's like a. Oh, what is straight this? key society? Oh, like they use straight said, keys. You said single keys. I was oh, like, single. Oh, oh straight keys. What I meant. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, that is that is only hams. The single key century club yeah. is definitely only hams. The straight key society, not the same thing. So I really I was like, I was like all right, so helping hams find love. <laughs> Todd, I, I and and he sent me a self-addressed stamped envelope, so he's gonna get one of the first CW QSL cards that I've ever sent out. But nice, uh, I'm very excited about the the journey into Morse code. And thanks, Todd. I've already proven that I can do it, which is a big confidence boost for me. I'm definitely not doing any rag chews, but I I think I can do a, a summits on the air, which I will put to the test here shortly. And we're leaving the physical mail depot and we're heading off to the voicemail annex. Leia, how would one send us a voicemail if they wanted to do so? They can call 562-334-2389. And then, you know, let it ring. Wait let for it ring. the let message. 
then wait for the beep, leave a message. It times out at three minutes. Just everybody. <laughs> That's the repeater cutoff. Yeah. <laughs> right. The repeater All times right. out at three minutes. And away we go. Why did the capacitor kiss the diode? He just couldn't resist her. 73. <laughs> well yeah. done. Well done. <laughs> All right. Ouch. <laughs> Wait. There's more. So, uh, last podcast I told that uh, I need to make my uh, puns more uh, ham radio related. You did. So here it goes. This well goes done. out to you, Josh Nass. Oh, <clears throat> did you know that George Washington and his father used Morse code? Yes, that is correct. When George chopped down that cherry tree, his father asked, who dipped it? And George replied, <laughs> I dipped it, da da. Thank you very much, 73. Punched her out. I did it. Da da. God. Oh. Thank you for that one. Um, I just heard Nate comment about the book uh, flyer that he received in the mail. Um, I tend to be commenting about his behavior on the email. But, well, I think with most people, myself included, we get so much in the way of mail in our inboxes. Like Russ is the AWRL's market. Great, but, like, I don't have enough time in my life to uh, read emails that I get when I'm having 50 to 100 emails a day. But as far as weather today, um, doing well. The garden is doing great. Uh, the goats are being rambunctious as ever. Um, Russ has the best at the moment with, uh, homestead. It's just the best. Uh, I'm radio because I'm working. <laughs> the ghosts uh, are doing great too. Guy Luke mentioned and where I'm gonna put it on the property. So it's that seventy three, you all be safe. So I apologize, everybody. That was a very uh, that was a tough poor r- reception. But in Russ essence, might have been in a bad area, or if Russ, if anyone has complained, like I can barely hear you, you might want to move around the homestead to find a good signal there. I don't. Things happen. No big deal. Uh, but basically, Russ is the ARRL's market for print. <laughs> and Right, because uh, some of that got um, – I know all you hams were able to pull those uh, – pull his words out. He was basically saying that, you know, you get so many emails a day, that email to him is kind of not valuable. And um, sometimes having a physical thing helps him to remember, um, you know – what it is potentially that that they're uh, that they're trying to offer, and with regards to the ARRL, they they definitely do send out their mailers, 
So thanks, Russ. We we appreciate the voicemail. But I mean, it doesn't even have to be an email. It just to, needs to be more engaging content online. I don't think that most businesses that run online anymore rely on just emails. We, we've talked about this, and I don't want to necessarily go down the rabbit hole again. But if you think about, well, I'll, I'll mention it. I'll, I'll get. I'll give you some background here. I was uh, I was invited to go to a dinner with uh with some of the folks at the AWRL. Oh yeah. And it was it was fantastic. I mean, there were some not great parts, but because it was just a different worldview. There there just is. Because it came down to content generation. The the AWRL is centered in the in the publishing world. They they really are. And they do make good books, but you know, part of making a good book is that you you edit the content. There's a lot of time that is spent in producing the thing that goes out. And I know that's true because uh, I have an amazing editor and my wife that has to read all of my newsletters because I am horrible. Like I just dump vomit. Vomit is the better word. Words onto a thing and, you know, she's got to look at it because I'm just horrible at it. So just that alone, even if you took somebody that's just a perfect author, there's still going to be edits. There's still going to be modification. If you're talking about a book that goes, you know, 100 pages or more. I don't know. I used to write for a newspaper. And that editor told me that I, the articles I sent in were the only ones she didn't An need to edit. article versus a book of 100 pages. Yeah, There's going saying. to be mistakes. Even you, just honey, saying. my, my dearest, just cherished love, there <laughs> is still going to be mistakes that you'll create over 100 pages or more. It's sure. guaranteed. Of course, of course. So because of that, they also have a name to hold up. They need to be the best in this space because th that is literally their market. If you compare and contrast that to the way I produce videos... It could not be further apart. Most YouTube creators, we're just not, and and I'm not trying to take anything away from the amazing work of other YouTubers, so I'll just stick to myself. I just turn the camera on, and I talk about the things I'm thinking about. I don't script it. I just run with it. Well, mm, I don't script it. I don't script anything. You don't script, but you have PowerPoints and... On the live streams, but not on the standalone videos. Seldom do I ever do any of that. It's just me thinking about things long enough. And I and I know now that like, hey, I can just fix this in another take. Let's do another take kind of thing. You know, not a big deal. So I'm, I'm live editing via my words, right, by the way that I make content. But because of that, they're just, it, it's almost like we're speaking the same language in terms of like information communication on like we're using English, but the way that we look at generating a thing and the actual thing we make are so different in the production that for them to change gears to get into doing more like what we do or to keep up with the speed that we do while still maintaining their due diligence in the quality and consistency and accuracy of their content, I don't know what that looks like. That's a very difficult hill to climb. If they wanted to bring their book level of, you know, judicious prowess and being accurate. I don't know how much. Creation, uh, it would take so long to produce a video. I don't know how much you watch the Washington Post's TikToks. Never. <laughs> I have the no idea what you're talking the about. The Washington Post TikToks mm -hmm. are obviously the Washington Post great reputation mm -hmm. right great brand um they produce a massive amount of tiktoks a sure. day uh 
And is that what you're doing right now? You're looking at the Washington Post TikTok. They know that on the TikTok platform, it being too, too polished, right, hurt them. Um, on TikTok, yeah. But but that's what I'm saying. Well, you have to cater to you need this... and in terms of your content creation, mm -hmm. you need a different person. Yeah. Per platform. I agree. But and, and allow me to interlude with my other comment. Going back to what we said earlier in the last podcast about the ARRL and the market that they have. It's an age a more aged market. Well, and they believe that they have to have highly polished, highly accurate videos. For that market. For that market. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we're just, you know, rehashing a bit of this. But but then they are catering to a very small or increasingly smaller percentage At of the point, overall yeah. market. Yeah, I would assume so. So now is their time to develop. I, I've literally made this argument at that dinner and said, look, it's definitely a, a gear change and you would have to. But it doesn't have to be a gear change. It's an added gear. Oh, added gear. Yes. Sure. A different type of gear. Yes. Maybe one with less teeth on it. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay, so we're we're still basically saying the same thing. It, it's hard. It, it's because it's, it's not totally like hard. it's not like the generations coming up are suddenly going to be like, oh, now I want this content that the previous generation well, wanted. No, I, I think that's not necessarily true. So if you took like the AWRL handbook, for instance, if I pulled up the tome of knowledge, I want that to be accurate. That's not going to go away, whether it's in digital form sure, or physical sure. form. They, that's always going to exist. But they're not going form. to expect something different on a platform. Like when you go to TikTok, you mm -hmm. expect a certain like level of, yeah. of production. Rigor, right? as I would call it. <laughs> in fact, on TikTok, it hurts you if you have an overproduced video mm -hmm. because people scroll past it like, oh, this is an ad. You're clearly trying to sell me something. Right. It's inauthentic. Right. So some TikTok. of the times when I've taken my like 4K 30 frames per second videos and cut them for TikTok. Yeah. I think I get hit with that. Yeah. Because it's like it's too much. Like it I'm is. not just using a phone. Yeah. Like I'm not. There's. It's not that grassroots is the wrong term. Holistic. Is it holistic? Is that the word I'm looking for? No. It's authenticity. But it's it's not authentic. It's not less authentic. I made the video for YouTube. It is. It's less quality. It, it's almost like a less it's literally less quality that's what they're looking for you focus on tiktok but like i wasn't even proposing tiktok with the ARRL. i was pr proposing youtube yeah i mean and even youtube it it's it's got to be less produced than a tv show it has to be i mean by its very nature i mean I don't, I don't yeah know. yeah but that's that's what i'm saying you can't come into it with this attitude of a publisher creating a pbs special right like, it's not gonna be like a sitcom leia yes <laughs> no, pbs doesn't do sitcom no i mean like on television <laughs> i'm thinking like wait was ab fab on pbs no it's been on the no. bbc yeah okay. ab fab, come on <laughs> well you know uh downton abbey was on was on BBS. Well, right, but yeah. it's from the BBS. Or the BBS. Jeez, now you're getting the, the BBC. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, uh, I, I think that they just need to try. 
I don't think I, yes. I don't think they need to suddenly they're on TikTok making informal videos and then they suck at making books. Keep doing what you're doing there. But you have to you have to add. It's but not a it's not a pivot. It's a branch. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. This is something that again, I'm I'm we're spitting ideas. We 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 solved we, we got the ARRL on. We're going to do an ARRL on the air. All your favorite personalities from the <laughs> ARRL. What we're going to do. Okay, hear me out. John Amadeo still working on our pilot. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Thanks, John. We hook John up with the ARRL. John Sitcom. has John Sitcom. has quit. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. I'm never listening to this again. Delete all content. ARRL. You have made John rage quit. <laughs> Ham radio sitcom with ARRL. It's called here. Here's the title: Antenna Improvement. No. <laughs> David Minster's the main character. That's it, right there. <laughs> so instead of running a hardware store, he runs a ham radio magazine. That's it. Or or a ham radio store could be a store. And you got the the you, you got the friend who's you know maybe runs a little fast and loose with the safety on the climbing of the towers. So he's you know he's taking a couple of falls, maybe hit his head a couple of times. He's you know the crazy Kramer cut up. Yeah, he's got the Kramer just cuts just. It, you know how Kramer would like open the door and slide in? Yes. But the door in the store is one of those auto-opening ones with the sensor. So uh-huh. he just like halfway clips his body into it. He's just moving so fast. We, I, we, we're, we're, we're doing it live. We're workshopping it right now. John, it writes itself. <laughs> is, is, are you saying that Tim Allen is David Minster? Yes, that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> in this case, yes. In this hypothetical story that we're putting together. Can we bring in Mr. Feeney just somehow? I just saw Mr. him. Mr. Feeney has nothing to do I know, with it. I know, but I think it's just appropriate. I just saw him die on Grey's Anatomy. Mr. So. Matthews. <laughs> Can Topanga be in it? That would be amazing. All right. <laughs> Topanga plays Tim Allen's wife? That's... I mean, how they Tim do... Allen's not even in this right now. Listen, wait, wait, nobody's Tim's a ham, so he's got to be. Yes, he's got to be a guest star at least on some of the episodes. Wait, I just thought you said that Tim Allen is going to be cast as David Minster. No, I thought <laughs> I, I thought you meant the other way around because it's called Antenna Improvement. It's a total ripoff of Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah, but you bring... but David Minster is the actor playing the Tim Allen character. No, I thought that Tim, you were going to have Taylor. Tim Allen much. play David Minster because David Minster is actually busy running the ARRL. I see. Yes. <laughs> there are logistics problems with my original plan. Listen, you're being a real scab right now, okay? We don't oh, cross the picket line. That's right. <laughs> I... I apologize, John. That's not That's... fair. That is not okay. You go back to hanging out with Fran Drescher, okay? That's right. And uh, I don't know who else. Did you see the video of about. Harrison Ford's stunt double came out with his picket sign, but no. he came out lit on fire? What? At the at the. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. I watched that video. We'll move on to. <laughs> we'll the move next. on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> 
Hello there, HRCC, Josh and Leah. This is Kim, KC6LY here. And uh, KC6CLC along for the ride, traveling through Iowa and listening to the podcast. Hey, um, I hardly get any email, uh, any physical mail from ARRL. I must have checked the right box. Talking about physical publications versus online, I prefer digital. We take... Uh, we take the, um, oh boy, let's try again. Okay. <laughs> he says, don't play this one, <laughs> but I can't, I don't Hello, Leigh, know. Josh, he said, don't play it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Casey again. This is a follow-up voice. On oh, the road in Iowa, listening to the podcast. Uh, if, if you're getting email, if you're getting mail from ARRL, got to check the right box so that they don't contact you by mail. I hardly get any mail from them. We do take uh, on the air in physical format. Uh, KC6CLC prefers uh, physical magazines, and so that's for her. But I like the digital ones. Nice. And I have a I have a complaint that I'm meaning to send to uh, That's our ARRL, new segment, the A complaint uh, box. I take <laughs> we pass and out download all the offline like five QSPs for a trip like this, and I'm in Wi-Fi someplace, and it maybe takes me a half an hour to get those things downloaded, and then two weeks later I open up my app, and they're like, "Oh, your downloads your downloads aren't here anymore." Oh, that sucks. Oh no. And I have all my downloaded content is is not there, so they need to fix that system, and I will be filing a complaint with them. I like the digital version, but uh, it's got to work offline. It has to. And ARRL has got to got to buck that online only trend. The the uh, the QST and other downloads into their app seem to only survive for a couple weeks if you don't connect to the internet. Why? Anyway, uh, when you're traveling, yeah. you don't always have internet, and that offloading right. content's really helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my rant. Thanks for being there, guys. Enjoying the new format of the podcast. I owe you a review on Apple Podcasts. See you later. We'll take it. Well, thank you so much, Kim Casey. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, Appreciate your ARRL feedback too, because uh, that's helpful to everyone. And that was the last I, voicemail. I like the. Um, I I never have really done the offline because I I travel in planes, and that's a perfect time to read some QST. That's a great idea. I because I'm not obviously I'm not going to carry a magazine on a plane, but I definitely am. Why is I that obvious? I love magazines on planes. But you're done in like 30. So all my flights are like six plus hours as I'm going to like Orlando and Ohio and I've got to go to Washington, D.C. to come back to Ohio kind of thing. Right. Which I usually get stuck with. Um, so I need something that's going to be, you know, longer lasting. And I'll usually put like Netflix, you know, movies on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of having, you know, a couple of QST magazines. That's a good idea. I will do that. I'll try that, Kim. Appreciate that. All right. All right. Well, we're going to start climbing the tower now. Reminder for everybody listening, you can send us emails 
to Leah at hamtactical.com. We really love it when you attend, take the time to tell us about your ham radio journey. Maybe that you got your license because we'll, we'll click that button for you. Uh, and then if you send us a merch idea, or if you have any ham radio questions, do send those too. But if you have a merch idea, send it to us because that's what we use to fuel the content at hamtactical.com, which is basically the thing that's, you know, supports the whole channel and what we do out here. So thanks for taking the time, because if we make one, we'll send you one for free. That's right. I was all over the place on that one. The first email is titled Ham Radio Special Event, and this comes from Gary. Leia, I was listening to the July 7th podcast in which someone talked about the 13 Colonies special event. Mm. You asked if there was a Manifest Destiny Louisiana Purchase or Oregon Trail special event. There is a Louisiana Purchase event. I have the card for it. While I am not familiar with any of those, there is a Lewis and Clark Trail on the air special event. It is finished for this year, but it is an annual event. My local club is one of the clubs that activates this, and we are located where Lewis and Clark met up by Louisville, Kentucky. We even do a POTA activation at the Falls of Ohio oh. State Park, cool. where George Rogers Clark's cabin was located. The event is a two-week event held in the beginning of June. I will try to send in an email next year before it starts, if I Please. remember. Please do. Below is the website. In case you wanted more information, I will drop that in the show notes. Thank you, Gary. And that comes from Gary, AG9GG. Good game, Gary. Thank you. I totally forgot this, but I have a QSL card from the Louisiana Purchase event. It's a fold-out QSL card. It <gasps> That's fancy. folds open, printed on all sides, super high quality, at least the one I have. I don't know if they've changed over the years, but yeah, it's, it's a good one. I totally forgot I love to it. that. These yeah. special events are super fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you and to your club for activating that. The next email is titled 2020 Podcasts and a Little Ham Radio, and this comes from Douglas V. I have listened to the first episode that Leia is on, and I'm going to those episodes from there. In the first episode, Leia, you talked about spinning out in the S2000 on your second date, mm. and she joked about why there was a third date. <laughs> My wife wonders the same thing about us, and I have never spun a car out, just race carts on the racetrack. I I don't know if that's safer, honestly. Spinning oh, on a racetrack? Yeah, yeah, totally safer. On a similar note, while my wife and I were dating, I took her out to one of the local racetracks that was having a cart practice night. I had told her that people rarely flip. <laughs> what does my friend Pegleg do? Flips right in front of us. After we help untangle him from the fence, he was fine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> On a ham note, I got my 40 meter dipole up again and about 13 feet or more even in height than it was. Good. I put it along the back fence so that it doesn't get in the way of the trailer. I use the enclosed trailer um, is how I took down the antenna and masts. Well, I'm glad you rebuilt. Yes. That is good. <laughs> that's very strong. And I'm glad that uh, your wife continued uh, beyond those go-kart or uh, race cart experiences <laughs> yeah flips and spins you know good to have hobbies it's always the turtle <laughs> shells you gotta watch out for all right the next email is titled not podcast content unless you want it to be 
I do want it if to If you be. give us the option, this it is... will be yes. <laughs> you cannot wish you cannot be wishy-washy with Leia. You have to affirmatively state for or not for podcast. And this is from Alex from Alaska. Okay. Hey, just listening to the podcast and heard about Ben's cell phone dilemma. <laughs> we had and or having the same with my nine going on 19 year old. Yeah. We let him purchase a $30 smartphone from Walmart and never put the SIM card in. Oh, so he's just Wi-Fi. It operates like an iPod touch, but has cool features for kids. When you set up the phone, it allows you to tie it to an adult's phone. We tied it to my phone and gave it an approved list of people to message, grandma, grandpa, sister, cousin, a few select friends. This is kind of creepy, but kids and the internet can be bad. The phone will send me notification when he texts and allow me to see what he's texting or receiving. Oh. The phone does the same with games that he's playing or internet time, again, allowing you to pick the list of websites. He can request permission to play other games, and I can approve it or deny it from my phone at work. May or may not help you, as I think you're both iPhone people, good luck just sharing what I found so far. Well, if it emails you, we can get emails. What do you think we can do with our phone? No, it's a, this is a really good idea. I'm going to look at this. Sure. I'm, I'm okay with, I'm, I'm, I have to be okay with this because I guess, Leia, I mean, we talked about this. I grew up, probably as you did, with un, like, unattended access to the internet. Oh, yeah. I have... But the but like the we, internet isn't today what it was then. You are out of your mind. I have seen it's actually gotten safer on the internet when since when I was a kid. No way. I I watched I watched sea beams glitter in the darkness in Ten Houses Gate. No, um, I watched gruesome murders. Like just the things that cannot be displayed, like the the dumbest video, and you okay. it's not named. Like I have seen part of the internet. Oh, I am. I was in the worst part of the internet. Like I was. I was there. I was. And, this and is every, not an endorsement. No, of, I'm not yeah. endorsing this. But I, I existed in a time where adults didn't understand the internet. Like parents didn't get it. And the kids were all over it. And like, yeah, there was inappropriate conversations that happened that you don't know how old the other person was on the other end. Like, oh, yeah, all of that. Yeah. None of the rules existed as they exist today. It was literally the Wild West. There is like, what was it? Uh, There was multiple websites that were just like gore websites that you would go to. You could just pull up the most gruesome things, like a dude parachutes into an alligator pit and just gets oh destroyed. Gosh. Like these are all real things. I this think is that terrible. might be that might be pseudo hoaxy, but doesn't matter. We it looked real, and it was shot on a potato, so we assumed it was real <laughs> because of the time. But but there is like there is nothing compared to the internet I grew up with today. It is not the same. It is not the same. One of the things we were looking about doing for Ben was uh, using his email address to just create an Apple ID for him and Mm -hmm. adding him to the family um, plan. And then one of the iPads could just be logged into his Apple ID so that he could message his friends, assuming his friends are all also on Apple devices. Right. (laughs) So that way he could text. But we would still be able to see everything Otherwise, and it doesn't require a filthy phone. green text android users 
Well, you can't even get them it's that a way. Joke, Leah. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> just roll with the jokes. It's fine. Well, I've just tried messaging Android users from my iPad before. And it it doesn't won't let work. you. Yeah. yeah. You're out. It's not even a different color. It's like you don't exist. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. even worse. <laughs> but thank you for the suggestion. Wait, I, so he's saying it, his phone, it messages him every on his time. Phone, every time. Like a text message? Like if it's SMS, you'll still get it on your iPhone. Notifications on his phone well, okay, every that time. Could be, that could be he's an SMS. Texting. It, or... If it's an SMS, then we'll still get that. It's fine. It, it, it might be fine. It might be fine. We can look into it. There's, there's probably something we can do. We're not right. giving him an iPhone, though. That's not happening. Yeah, that is absolutely not happening. No. Until he shows that he can. Until he starts creating some content. <laughs> makes an account that can just, get. Uh, just better executive function from Ben is what's required. Sure. He, I, I need to know that he's going to go and do the things that he needs to do before he starts doing the things that he thinks is fun. You know? Right. And it's it's interesting because Edison is younger than Ben. But it's Edison so will be different. I'll be like, well you can't go do that until these things are done and he will just power through. Edison is done. totally goals oriented. Yeah. If you give him a goal, like an a a thing that he can achieve. Yes. And the path is understood. He will burn it down. Yes. Ben knows no. what he needs to do. Gets super distracted. Super distracted. It's a, it, he just doesn't have anything that. No, I take that back. Ben is a procrastinator. Yes. Which is the his biggest problem. So really, again, executive function. That's. All right, and that's from uh, Alex from Alaska. Thank you, Alex. Al eight I. Thank read you your email. for the <laughs> for the suggestion. Don't give us the option. <laughs> we'll always take it. The next email is titled "Prepper Thoughts," and this comes from Zach. Hey guys, Jack Andy presents Prepper Thoughts. <laughs> Just had to email after listening to last week's show and the comments about the Prepper Corner. It's great, by the way. Leia, don't let those negative comments get you down. I love the Prepper Corner and think most of us listeners do as well. Well, thank, well, you. thank you. In a proper prepping or survival situation, a firearm is a must. Owning a weapon doesn't mean you need to use it, but the peace of mind of knowing you're protected is worth taking a safety course and learning okay, to properly good. handle and use a firearm. I was making a face there for the first part of that sentence, but he corrected it completely. You you do need you do need training. You do. I respect the fear and apprehension people have when it comes to guns. I really do. My wife was one of them. I have come to realize that fear most people have is from lack of firsthand knowledge about yeah. guns. They are going off about media perceptions about what gun ownership actually means and involves and how a properly trained firearm owner is expected to act. And it agree. Yeah. Agree across the 100%. board. Yeah. It's a it's a tool. It is right? a tool. It, I mean it's a deadly tool. It's designed to maim and kill. I'm yeah. I make no qualms about that. Any off topic, uh back to radio stuff. Thank you. Still working towards my tech and 
or general as I want to do it all in one shot. Okay. Maybe I'll have it before Leia, but time will tell with a new question pool. Thanks for all you do for the radio community. 73, Zach. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Good luck, Zach. I believe that you can do it and you will most likely do it before me. That's uh. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> if you say that, you're in control of that, Leia. I suppose I am. <laughs> the next email is titled "Thanks HRCC," and you're this comes welcome from... <laughs> pregnant. You're welcome. This comes from Tony. Hey guys, I want to write in and say thanks for your influence in getting into ham radio. As a teenager in high school, I started getting interested in ham shortly after the code requirement was dropped when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. As I as I as soon as I graduated, it was immediately forgotten about. <laughs> That's right. Fast forward many years to fall of 2021 when I received a kidney transplant after waiting four years. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you got that transplant. Uh, and I hope wow. that it's been problem free for you. Yeah. As you can imagine, I had a lot of downtime after this. After finally starting to feel better after surgery, I decided to start looking into ham radio again. Nice. I looked around online and found that there was now a lot more information out there than one book I found at Radio Shack back in the 90s. (laughs) I found some YouTube channels that I liked, including HRCC, Ham Radio 2.0, and others, even K8MRD, but giving him any credit might go to his head. I started studying again with hamstudy.org and after three weeks decided to look for a test session. Looking online, I found my local club and realized that they had offered testing literally the night before. Annoyed but not discouraged, I looked into online testing and found a session in two days, so I went for it. On July 23, 2022, I passed tech and general online and was off. Twofer. Congratulations, Congratulations. I remembered from past years that the local club had a trailer set up at the county fair every year. See, that's how it's done. Yeah. No, they had a booth. They they actually set up in a booth because you can't like, well, I mean, you know what the Orange County Fair looks like. I know exactly what it looks like. You're not going to like have a trailer out in the middle of the booth. Yeah, absolutely. The army did. They had like uh, military vehicles. They had some. They didn't have uh, any radio set up. Cornholes out there. That's what they do in the military. And then they had like a trailer just be out there cornholing. Yeah, <laughs> cornhole, right? That's what it's called. The yeah. beanbag hole. But thing. that also means something else. <laughs> that was kind of the joke, Leah. I literally walked past that booth and. Uh, was whatever about it because there's certain things I like to hit when I'm at the mm-hmm. fair. And the kids were like, oh. Yes. That? Ben was like, I want to get into that vehicle. All the radios stripped out of it. No. Yes. I could see the place where the radios were supposed yeah. to be. They were like, you cannot use these radios, children. <laughs> That's all right. Edison immediately got into the back seat and then found the uh, the manhole that's at the top and stuck his head up he stuck his oh, head he up oh he loves and then, a hole in the top of a vehicle yeah he will climb out of a vehicle immediately if there's a hole in the top <laughs> and so he sticks his head out and starts screaming to my sister and like the other people who are with us and they're like where is that coming from and they're like oh, he's in the top was it a humvee 
I don't know. You want to see a picture? I guess we'll do it live. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. That. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's an MRAP. Uh, wait. No, wait. I take that back. That is a Humvee. It's not. Oh, I don't know what that is, actually. I had never it's seen a, anything. Okay. Like it's a Humvee that has been modified with armor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. Yeah, Edison got right up in that hole. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay. Very, he was very excited about it. <laughs> that kid is somebody who definitely needs a sunroof. Wait till he gets in a limo. <laughs> in the gonna... truck. He's always oh. asked me to open the sunroof, and then whenever we stop, he stands up out of it all the time. <laughs> he wants to stand up out of it every time. But wait till he gets in a limo. It's going to blow his mind. It's going to be so long. <laughs> yeah. It has to have a sunroof <laughs> so he can stand up. That should just be like a birthday gift. <laughs> One year's drive him in a limo to the to the party or whatever. Just to get, like pop his head up as we're rolling in. That is the party. <laughs> and he's like, okay, go home. You're just here to witness my spectacle. No, all the kids can load into the limo. No, no. And we drive up to a park. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you make them meet somewhere. So he can roll up and wave at them from out the top of it, and then they can pile in and go somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because you got to have that moment. Where where would we take them in a limo? <laughs> Back to their houses. Get out of here. Here's your goodie bag. Get lost. Get out. <laughs> Here's your goodie bag and a gift certificate for Chick-fil-A. Yes, there's <laughs> a, a bell thing in there. <laughs> and a slice of cake. <laughs> just shoved in a bag. Just smashed in there. I like Shortest it. party ever. I like it. <laughs> so efficient. <laughs> okay. Well, Tony continues. I went down to the fair, found the trailer, and knocked on the door. I found out that it was there because the club ran all the comms for the fair coordination, LE, EMS, parking, etc. The guys invited me in, and I spent a couple of hours talking to them about a radio, about radio in general, and the club. I then attended their next meeting and joined the club. Somewhere in there, I became a patron of HRCC. Oh, wow. Well, thank, thank you. you. A couple of months later, I got the New Year's newsletter about POTA. I hadn't really heard about it before, and it sounded really interesting. Living in northern Minnesota, activating at that time was not at all appealing. I am. I, that is so cool Minnesota that I can introduce so him cold. to Parks on the Air through the newsletter of all things. That's amazing. It's very exciting. That's super cool. I started hunting when I could and loved it. Also, around that time, I started studying again and got my extra and VE credentials. Whoa. Do we do a click for the VE? Sure, let's do it. All right. Well, congratulations, Tony. You you checked all four boxes. All of them. Well done. Now on to CW. Uh. <laughs> Since then, I have become involved in the local club, Paul Bunyan Amateur Radio Club. <gasps> what? Paul Bunyan? As a radio club? That's amazing. Is there a blue ox? What's the blue ox's name? I don't know. Birdie? <laughs> Starts with a B. Uh, Bertram. <laughs> Bertram Russell, the uh, the blue ox. No. Uh, Bessie. No. <laughs> what is it? I mean, it's a bull. Okay. It's Babe. 
Babe, that's right. Paul Ben made me read Paul Bunyan so many times. I don't know why I didn't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Enrolled in Skywarn, activating and hunting Poda, and we are now working on starting up a local Aries chapter where I am the assistant EC. Man, you jumped right in. I'm just going to self-correct. Do all uh, the things. That is a blue ox. Yes. Not a bull. Yeah, I said it was an ox. I said bull though. Oh. So nobody see. at us. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want the Paul Bunyan amateur oh, radio yeah, no, club. Oh yeah, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. That's yeah, that's None not of that good. Smoke. I don't they want sound any of that. very organized. Yeah, no. I, I mean, <laughs> the club is also working on getting more of a permanent clubhouse for the club. That's that's a real way to ensure longevity for a club. You get a clubhouse. Ownership? You get a club because then you can put a bar in, and then everybody's like, "I want to come to every meeting." I I don't think a lot of the I don't think a lot of the ham clubs are doing that life where they have a bar. It's not the foreign legion, or you know, not the foreign legion. And that's a mistake. Uh, that's a mistake. Veterans you can you can serve non-alcoholic wars. and alcoholic, or the American legion. See, I was mixing those two. And you set up a coffee bar too. See, you just and then it's really great. I found a hairdresser. That I am very pleased with, mm-hmm. specifically because they have a coffee bar in there where they make it. <laughs> it's like a full-blown coffee bar right? where they barista it up. It's like the espresso machine and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's now my new hairdresser. That's Imagine it. if a hairdresser can do that. What could a ham club do with a coffee bar? A lot. Uh, I see. I see where you're A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, you get a fridge in there. Stuck it with, like, all kinds of beverages and and food. That's that's everything that you need to build a community. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, radios. Of course, you have a place to keep right. right. Your radio. <laughs> kind of the point, I guess. It is now my one year anniversary of getting my. Li- you get accomplished a lot in a year. Mm-hmm. You're you're giving ambitious Paul a run for his money. Yeah. <laughs> I have learned so much, but the thing that amazes me is how is the most is how radios and equipment multiplies. Over the last year, I have somehow accumulated several HF radios, mobiles, HTs, power supplies, batteries, and more. See, that's that's like chicken math. That's chicken math. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do, except draining my bank account, Tony KF Zero JY. Well, thank you, Tony. I appreciate all the support and you getting out there on the air and doing all the things. Literally, seriously, all the that's things. Awesome. Well done. That's a uh, that's some ham radio goals right there. Mm-hmm. The next email is titled "The Happenings in the Shack of KK Seven NKV," and this email comes from Matt. All right. Hello, Josh and Leah. I would be remiss if I did not at least start out by saying thank you for reading my email on the Finance Bros podcast a couple of weeks ago. The day after that podcast, quote unquote, aired was the K7 SWI summer picnic. And I was sure to go up to Elaine KI7 PWR. And when I saw her and say, hey, K Power, she kind of looked at me funny and said, well, you need to listen to the HRCC podcast because they read my email and Leah has dubbed you K-Power. 100. It can't be anything else. It's K-Power. Oh, so sure. she doesn't listen. No. Her eyes grew wide, followed by a big smile. 
Some people even commented on the K7SWI Facebook group congratulating them on being such a cool club. That's cool. Oh, that's nice. Anywho, the barbecue was a success. It was hosted by one of the members who has a beautiful home with a lovely large pool. There was plenty of good food and wonderful conversation and some fox hunting demonstrations for the kids. Dude, this is, we absolutely have to do this for the scouts. Fox hunting with the scouts blow their minds. They would have so much fun. Yeah. I'm just thinking that, that the age they are right now, I don't know that they're going to be that into it. Oh, they absolutely will. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. Fox hunting is a, that sounds so much fun. It's like a scavenger hunt, but you're following signals, you know? <laughs> okay. I am so grateful that I found this club. I have learned so much and... Many people in this club are very knowledgeable and very willing to teach. I have been over to Kim KI0E's house to borrow a tiny VNA and spent well over three hours one time as he let me pick his brain and ask a million and one questions about all the radio things. That's amazing. It's awesome. Ham and friendships, you know? I have been recruited to be a co-webmaster since I have posted a couple of ideas about adding some things to the page. That's how they get you into leadership. Yeah. See, it's always, you start with the webmaster. That's not, that's not too much commitment. And everybody has ideas for the website. Everybody wants, mm -hmm. everybody wants to change something on the web. And then suddenly you're at a firework stand every day leading up to 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at the page just yet since I haven't had the time to mess around with it. I'm trying to get my bearings with WordPress. I'm not all that familiar with the platform, but have been researching tips and tricks and plan on getting the club's Facebook group post embedded on the page. Okay. That's a really good idea. I have even designed a few logos for the club. I wanted to put one on my QSL card, but couldn't find one for the club anywhere. I saw Josh use Canva once, so I got on there and ended up designing five or six different oh, options. Oh, Canva is so easy. And then posted them to the Facebook group page to gauge the reception from the group. Many people seem to like them, so I built a poll in Google Forms that I'm going to send out to the group for a vote for the top three, then pass it on to the board. I plan on attending my first official meeting next month and make it really official by turning in my application and dues. How exciting. Yeah. New club membership. By the way, if everybody wants to know like one of the one of my tips and tricks, uh, all my thumbnails are made in Canva. C-A-N-V-A. -A, Canva. Yep. It is. That's it. That's what I use. It's very simple. So I have noticed that people do this a lot in their emails and voicemails on the HRCC repeater. So I guess I have to as well. Leah, the town that was mentioned in the email when I was talking about making a contact with Kim and Elaine on the interstate is pronounced La Grande, not La Grande. It's not named after Ariana Grande. The E is silent. Are you sure? Also, there is no Z in Boise. It's pronounced Boise. And Nampa is pronounced Nampa. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you for that. I don't know where Legrand gets its origins from, but Boise comes from the French word le bois or le bois, which means woods or trees. 
There are a couple of iterations of the history in the name of Boise, but both are derived from the French connections. Legend has it that it was from the U.S. Army Captain Captain B.L.E. Bonneville when he was trekking through an area on exploration. After passing through some rough terrain, he reached a lookout, now named Bonneville Lookout, which overlooked a big valley with a river, the Boise River Valley. It is reported that he was overwhelmed by the sight of tree-lined river and yelled out, Le Bois, Le Bois, the trees. This makes sense since he was French, but this supposedly occurred in the 1830s. History tells us that the river has been called the Wooded River as early as 1812, when an explorer first traveled through the area documenting what he saw. The river continued to be referred to as the Wooded River by the British fur trappers, and then it was translated by French-Canadian fur trappers to Boissy or Boissère by 1824. So the more plausible rendition comes from early travelers and fur trappers, not Captain Bonneville. But it's a cool story nonetheless. See this 1971 article from the Idaho Historical Society via the Wayback Machine. I will drop that link in the show notes. Thank you very much. I love a historical lesson. See, the that's Boise... not the story I heard. Um, I heard it went more like, uh, boy, I see a lot down there. <laughs> That was what I always heard it as. That was what they told me from the people that lived in Boise <laughs> when I visited them the last. I've been there. It's great. I, my dad actually just came back from there. He oh, loved yeah? it. He, he had, so, so I went there as a kid, had a great time, so much fun. It, uh, honestly, Idaho, Idaho's a great state. Um, but he went back and he's like, man, it's, it's, uh, if, if we weren't, if we weren't down here, my dad would probably like end up somewhere like that. That is like prime his yeah. territory. Yeah. He had such a good time. They went all over the place. The, his buddy who lives up there has like a great community around him with lots of really cool people. And I could tell like the way my dad was telling me about it, like you could tell he was just like, he was like, I could just, I could just, I want to be there. I want to go to there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why your dad doesn't go and make more friends in Big Bear. There's lots of your dads in Big Bear. <laughs> they could all my be my dads. <laughs> they could all be I friends. Have so many dads. <laughs> all in Big Bear. All in Big Bear. Yeah. The Boise National Forest BNF gets its name from that river which runs through much of it. But no, the city of Boise is not in the BNF. The BNF was created in 1908 by President Theodore Roosevelt is one of the largest national forests with over 2.9 million acres. Its predominant timber species are the Ponderosa pine and the Douglas fir. Hmm. During the Great Depression, the Civilian Conservation Corps built many campgrounds, roads, lookouts, and ranger stations. You can even rent the Atlanta-Idaho Ranger Station and the Deadwood Lookout for an overnight stay. The USDA has a really good historical piece on the BNF if anybody is interested. It's some light reading. It's only 186 pages long. <laughs> I will drop that in the show notes. I'm sure somebody will love to <laughs> to deep dive into that. So you thank know what you for I that. want you know where I want to stay? A fire lookout. Me too. Do you? Yes. How do we do that? 
Is it an Airbnb? I know of one. <laughs> so I know of one Airbnb that's a fire lookout, but it's not very high. I want one that you have to like go up a couple of flights of stairs. So it's yes. like high. Yes. Like a high vantage yes. on the top. Uh-huh. I I know that is going to be a thing. Like there's got to be more of those popping up. Absolutely. If I didn't like, if I didn't have any of you, I think in- I would totally have done a fire lookout. Totally. If you didn't have any of us, Jesus. Like any of you and all my work commitment. Like, so if I was a completely different person, but also me, I would fire look out. Oh, yeah. I'd be all over a fire look This is the Josh that didn't settle down, is what you mean. And didn't like become an engineer and do all that other stuff. Yeah, that, that is that, that is that Josh. I would, I would, I would fire look out. The road untraveled, I guess. As far as Nampa goes, it's even more uncertain where the name came from. According to the city website, and I will drop that link in the show notes, local historians say that the Oregon Short Line, a railroad line, was built through Idaho. They would give stations unusual names. Many of these names were believed to be of Native American origins, and several historians concurred that the word Namb is a Shoshone yeah, Shoshone word for footprint or moccasin. Natives of the region were known to stuff their moccasins during cold weather with sagebrush, which would make their footprints larger than usual size. Nampa is not the only place in the world with this name. There is another town in Canada. According to the Canadian village of Nampa, the word Nampa is also an, an indigenous word. For them, it means the place. And there is a link, and we'll drop that in the show notes. Okay, on to actual ham-related things. Okay. I must first mention that I was surprised the other day when I was on the OMIS 40-meter net. The net controller that day was K1DDN Amanda. Yep, she is often the net controller. Yes. I didn't think anything of it until just before the last calls that I decided to figure out who this net operator was. With this unmistakable voice that is Amanda, (laughs) yeah. I punched in her call in QRZ and started scrolling her page. Oh, my God. A famous person is running the net. Yeah, It's Amanda from Ham Nation. Yep. I had no idea. Now I am putting two and two together. And when Josh said, check out Amanda's print service for my last email. So for my last call, I just had to call K1DDN for a signal report. Okay. I now have a famous person in my log. I did have I did have to let her know that I couldn't get on her web page i tried from my phone and with or without wi-fi and on my computer and no joy so hopefully she will get that fixed soon i'd like to check it out yes Wait, her please cards are not up support right amanda her print service is great in the meantime Wait, it's not is it not opening oh it, it, by the way it's it's peak printing oh it's not up it's peak printing online.com we'll put it in the show notes I am not lying when I say I have not found someone that makes as good a quality QSL cards as Amanda does. And it's her whole family. It's mm-hmm. a family-run establishment mm-hmm. for the price that they have. They are very inexpensive and very high-quality cards. Okay. But in the meantime, my EcoTank printer is doing well. I have rarely, I barely put a dent in the ink levels. According to Epson, the... One color ink kit can produce approximately 6,500 pages. Likely that's on economy settings, but still, that's a lot. 
Costco sells a full kit, which includes black, magenta, cyan, and yellow for $49. That's not bad. When I bought the printer, it came with a standard kit plus two bonus black bottles. Black ink bottles are 127 milliliters, and the color bottles are 70 milliliters each. I'm currently sitting at three-fourths of a tank on all four colors. Let's see if I can do some math here. Josh, you're an engineer. You can check my math in the end, okay? Nope, that's late. I, I picked up 250 pack of 110-pound cardstock at Staples for $24.79. That's roughly $0.10 cents a sheet. Let's say I get 6,000 prints out of that ink kit. At $49, each sheet costs 0. .008. I'm not going to figure in the electricity. I'll multiply the point <laughs> zero <could>. zero eight <laughs> by two because I am printed printing double sided. That's now a point zero one six. Now add ten cents for the sheet of cardstock. That now equals um eleven point six cents. Let's call it a cool twelve cents per page. Okay. Now I get three QSL cards per page. So I divide by three and that equals four cents per card. Oh, but wait, as Josh would say, how much is your time worth? Uh, yes, I was going to say this. I like to think I'm a hardworking, intelligent individual, so I'm going to charge $45 per hour to print and cut these You're things. worth more than that. I print off 30 cards the other day, and the print and cut time was about an hour. So the final figure for just 30 cards is $46.20. <laughs> Okay, maybe I really need to look at Amanda's print service because according to her QRZ page, for roughly $9 more than what I just charged myself, I could have got 250 <laughs> high quality glossy cards yes. that were laser printed from Amanda. So the moral of the story is yes, printing your own can be cheaper, but man, my time is worth something and that's the real deal here. Amanda would seem to save me a whole lot of time and energy and I'm going to get a better looking product in the end. Okay, Josh, you twisted my arm. I'm going to get some cards from Amanda. By the way, how was my math? Your math was solid. I checked it. Okay. I will say something about math. Uh, when it comes to, like, finance math, mm -hmm. like what what this number was to me, right? Mm -hmm. That's your territory. That's, mm -hmm. that's your ball yes. of wax. Uh -huh. If it's, like, orbit determination... Sure. Or like parsing and I was something a, with regular expression. I was a financial analyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't even just, mess with it. Like, yeah. not to say I can't. I just don't have, I have to be passionate about the thing that I do. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, orbit determination for a satellite? Are you kidding? Yeah, that for sure. I'm like all over it. Right. But like, oh, I, I start, I'm like, can I do this in Excel? How fast can I do this in Excel? Like, that's <laughs> what I end up doing. Like, quickly, quickly, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's my game generally. I'll, I'll use Excel for everything if I can. Me too. Yeah, I love it. Well, not for not for orbit determination. We're not using Excel for that. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Speaking of Josh spending my money, oh. Q, let me spend your money. Let me spend your money. I have a dilemma, and I am in no rush to do this since I am complaining about spending my money on QSL cards. But I am making some plans for the future. 
I have a no- high noise floor in my area. Oh, no. So I have been looking into either building or buying either a horizontal Skyloop antenna, like the Skyloop 2.0 from Chameleon Antenna. Oh. Chameleon. Chameleon. Or building or buying a horizontal Delta Loop antenna. Now, oh. buying or building an antenna is not the issue. The okay. issue I have is deploying it. I pretty much have nothing to hoist the corners of the antenna up to what I want to get to, which is at least 30 feet in the air, but I'd love to shoot for 40. The HOA in my neighborhood was dissolved. I wasn't aware that this is something a neighborhood could do. So hear me I'm out. I'm perplexed. Hear me out. Why doesn't everyone do this? <laughs> so hear me out. I propose HOA insurgencies. <laughs> where you... Get you infiltrate the HOA by becoming be a part of the board. It, it can't just then be you. You seat multiple additional Correct. people, and, and once then you have you a majority, vote to dissolve, dissolve it. Yes, this is the longest. Everybody gets their money back. Oh. Think about it. Think about it. This is amazing. This is this is something we should normalize. Normalize HOA dissolving the HOA. This is awesome. You can't run on dissolving it. Yeah, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess not it depends. At, not at the beginning. Like if you, uh, you, you it, this would be where now my other favorite thing is statistics. If you pull the community and you find that like there are a ton of people who are outspokenly against the HOA, mm-hmm. then yeah, you can just run on like, I'm going to dissolve this sucker. We are going to be the triad. We are going to that di- dissolves. We it. Yes. are going to dissolve the HOA. You put the me- HOA board is five people. We just need three. That's. Yeah. That's it. So the HOA in my neighborhood was dissolved many, many moons ago. So there's no issue with having a massive pole sticking out of the ground. Okay. I have a mass that I'm using for my current antennas that I could get up to 40 feet. So I will likely need to purchase two or three additional masts depending on the antenna. I have a six foot tall wood fence all around my property that I can mount these masts to and have enough space to do an uh, 80 meter loop antenna. What I need help with is finding a solution for the masts. I would like to spend under $500 for this. So that leaves out the nice carbon fiber push up mask with the built in pressure clips from Gigaparts since they're like $400 each. I was thinking something like the TN 07 32 foot lightweight portable antenna mast, but I worry about it being too bendy at the top. Would that be an issue? I know there's going to be some sag in the antenna, and I care absolutely not about what the neighbors think. So what would you recommend in my situation? Do you think these telescoping flagpoles would be a good idea? Here, I'm going to show you a picture of the telescoping flagpoles. Oh, my God. I know what they look like. So wait, is he trying to be under $400 for all of them? Uh, I believe the figure is under $500 combined. Oh, okay. But he needs only two or three since he already has. Oh, okay. So I can get you close. And I think this is the better option. Uh, Let me finish the question. Or should I go with a TN07 style or similar? No, I'm going to buck all of those and say, go look at Roan. R-O-H-N. They make a 40-foot telescoping mast. That includes the guy rings, the, the guy rings are the things that float around the pole. So you can do multi-point guys on there. You can do three, you can do four. I think you can even get up to five. 
Um, no, I think it's four or three. It's two hundred dollars. Okay, so that's for one two hundred dollars. Here's the only downside of this: is that shipping that thing is a nightmare. If you are in close proximity to a DX Engineering or a Gigaparts or a Ham Radio Outlet, you can buy from them, have it delivered to the store, and do a will call pickup. And then you may not necessarily incur the full cost of any of the shipping. Cannot, I cannot guarantee that. Right. But those will last the best for you. You guy them out, and they're going to be good. All of these are going to be have to be guyed, by the way. I, I don't know of a way around that. At 40 feet, it's just too high. You're okay. likely going to have to guy it. Well, Matt says, thanks for your thoughts on this. Oh, and before I go, I forgot to mention last time the food at the field day event. So we had hamburgers and hot dogs on the flat top griddle, and they were pretty darn good. I'm pretty picky when it comes to hamburgers, and they did a good job. We had potluck-style sides, and one of the members is married to a Filipina. Oh. She made homemade lumpia, lumpia, and they were so good. I haven't had lumpia in so long. So delicious. Uh, she also made cheese lumpia, and they were just as delicious. They, You can put cheese in your lumpia? I didn't even know lumpia? that was a thing. That is a good idea. There's not a lot of Filipino food that has cheese in it. Mm -mm. Go ahead. I mean... Go through the card catalog. For desserts, yeah. No, babinka. Custard. Babinka. Yeah. Okay. But that's not yeah. that's not what I'm talking about here. You know. Anyways, they were devoured in a matter of minutes. I knew almost immediately that one of the guys was a Boy Scout because he made two different Dutch oven dump cakes. Not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's the easiest yep. and best type of dessert to make in a Dutch oven. You pour some kind of canned fruit filling in the dutch oven then you mix a box of cake mix like betty crocker with a can of soda and then pour it on the fruit filling put the lid on add some coals and bake about 25 to 30 minutes so uh here's the hot tip mm -hmm. a pineapple upside down dump cake that's yeah. in a dutch oven that's the way to go and the, the best part one. about that is you can you can use the water that's in the can yes for the pineapple mm-hmm yeah. It's magic. Mm -hmm. So this guy made two giant dump cakes, lol, giant dump, one of which was my favorite, chocolate and cherry, and the other was a spice cake with apple filling. Ooh, that sounds good. By the time I got to the dessert, the chocolate was gone, but there was plenty of the spiced apple cake, mostly because it was still a little runny. But their loss, that slightly runny spice cake was with the apple slices, was delicious. I also had some of the best peanut butter cookies I've ever had in my life. So much peanut butter in the mix. Oh, that's okay. Leia does not like <laughs> peanut butter. Breakfast was on your own, but I forgot to buy eggs. So I had a Costco dinner links and percolated coffee for breakfast. Breakfast of champs. Thank you for the field day food report. Yeah, appreciate that. Love that. I, I would like to, if I, if I may, go on a little bit of a tangent. So all the dudes out there that are into grilling and, and smoking and all that stuff, there's a lot of, I would say, downtime in all of that with, with, with regards to all the technology we have now for smoking. I highly recommend dudes start getting into standing cast iron ovens, basically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, if you want to know the, the, the legged Dutch ovens, Yes. They're not actually called Dutch ovens. 
A Dutch oven is something you put a bird in and you put in an oven. That's What's cast a iron. bird? Like a like a chicken or a turkey, right? <laughs> oh, you mean a literal bird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a misnomer. If you go to Dave Canterbury's channel, channel, right? Dave Canterbury. His channel. He 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 talks about the difference <laughs> between a Dutch oven and what we're talking about, which is a large cast iron cauldron with a with a, a rimmed lid. Yes. That has legs on it. Yes. That's not actually called a Dutch oven. We've just in our vernacular. What is it called? I don't remember what he called it. I feel really bad. But anyway. Sorry, Dave. There are so many dudes out there that have like an offset smoker where they're like tending to coals. Like they're always creating coals to put on the fuel for the smoker. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect person to get into making a Dutch oven cornbread or a Dutch oven dessert like that, like a dump cake or something like that. You You are the perfect person to start looking at this stuff because you can do it it it's it they're not very expensive and it's it's actually a really effective because if you think about like a, an event that you might be like trying to work with your wife like we do on thanksgiving mm -hmm. you can take that's a whole nother heating source right like that's mm -hmm. freeze the oven it frees a bunch of stuff from it, it just makes the logistics of all of it a lot easier and it's it's actually really effective and efficient all right yeah there you go, everybody that does that. <laughs> Anyways, thanks in advance for whatever Josh recommends. And thanks for always producing an entertaining and informative podcast that is entirely about ham radio. Those who complain that it, quote unquote, sometimes talks about ham radio, obviously doesn't know anything about hams because rag chewing is a big part of ham radio. And this podcast is like one big rag chew session. Random topics, funny stories, but always circles back to our amateur radio service. 73, Matt in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. And I, I hope that Josh's solution works for you. That's I, yeah, I hope so. If well, you, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Get, come back later. Let us know how that goes. Bring it back. And thank you for the history lessons. Much appreciated. Love it. I love to drop like random knowledge on people and they're like, what is, why do you know these things? I was like, that's because I have a brain trust. <laughs> the next email is titled My Last Voicemail. And this comes from our purveyor of all things, Maple, our dear friend, Russ. Good day, my friends. And my last voicemail, I had said that I hadn't been active on ham radio. I realized that was not completely true while all of my antennas have been disconnected due to the daily threat of lightning strikes. I have been rebuilding my hotspot. The hotspot that I carried on multiple deployments over the last six years had finally died as the MM DVM was no longer being recognized by Pi Star. I ordered a new dual time slot Pi hat off of everyone's favorite auction site. I then spent the last 72 hours trying to figure out why it wasn't working. I was concerned that I had received a dud, but then I realized two things. It's a serial thing. Duh. Speed is key. Chose the wrong speed initially. And secondly, my HT had to be reprogrammed to treat the hotspot like a repeater. Insert long blonde moment. Then I upgraded my hotspot to the W0 CHP dashboard and firmware, and it's now M17 compatible. 
Oh no, a mode that I don't have a radio for. I guess I'll need to order another radio. Darn. This hotspot is one of those typical Chinese dual time slot MMD VMs and is now a uh, 10. What's it? What's MW? Medium wave? Lowercase Microwatt? M. Microwatt? Okay. Oh, if you're talking about, yeah, okay. On 70 centimeters, yeah. less on other bands. 2 meter, 1.25 meter, and 33 centimeter. And my hat is affixed to a Raspberry Pi A plus V.1, which provides more power to handle multiple modes. DMR, P25, and soon M17. Woot. Very Look good. at you problem solving, Russ. On the homestead front, while we didn't have wind damage from the recent storms, we have had a lot of water. Our basement has a one horsepower sump pump and a dehumidifier and has been running 24-7, which has protected our home from water ingress. Oh, man. Sadly, the ground is beyond saturated and we sink into soupy clay. Oh, no. Maybe you can harvest some of the clay to throw some pottery. That's oh. a bright side. There's somebody that I watch that goes out to harvest her own clay. Really? And she throws uh, pots with it. That's literally Amazing. your dream of like, like the kill the boar. Yes. Butcher the boar. Cook it. Yeah. Make a BLT. Yeah. I but mean, for clay. Our... Our lawns and uh, just general soil we in our area. Clay. No, there is clay. There's a lot of clay. It's just mixed with other things. You have to find untouched clay. That's where, like, you can just take the clay in chunks. Sure. I mean, that's what I meant in yeah. the sense that, like, you're not. But there's got to be somewhere around here that's just clay is what I'm saying. There's actually uh, one of the clays that I throw with is a um, a Long Beach clay, and it's okay. straight up clay that they've harvested from Long Beach. Like the city? Uh huh. Oh, okay. There's a couple of different uh, pottery places locally. One of them is Ardvark. That's the place where the guy died, getting sucked into the clay mixer. So now they don't do uh, pottery classes anymore. What? Yes. I didn't tell you. No. It was horrible because I was talking to You were laughing when you told that, so I don't know how to take any of this. I was, the death is not funny. Okay. I just, it's a nervous laughter because I was talking to my pottery teacher about uh, different places I've taken classes. And I had mentioned that I had... Uh, looked into taking classes at Aardvark and she was like, they don't do classes anymore. I was like, Aardvark? That's the, one of the biggest places to take classes Okay, where it's like mainly adults, right? And she was like, oh no, somebody died. And I was like, somebody died taking a water. <laughs> How I, does this happen? I did not have the safety lesson. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> I should, we should go back to square yeah. one. I, I didn't know that there was, and it turned out that the guy had dropped his phone into, because Aardvark is also a clay supplier, so they have a clay mixer going. Mm -hmm. The guy dropped his phone into the mixer, then stuck his hand in it. Instead of asking them to stop it from mixing, he just, by reflex, reached right. in 
And uh, and it grabbed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they couldn't get it off in time. And plus, Clay's thick. What do you mean, get it off in time? It's like, running at so much torque that yeah, he's they probably couldn't, dead Yeah, they couldn't turn it off in time to, like, save him or pull him out or anything like that. Oh, those so. were also things that I looked at on the internet when I was a kid. What? People getting, like, just pulled into paper machines and stuff oh, like that. Just that's horrible. bad. And I was, like, Ben's age. That's terrible. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's bad. What a negligent mom your mother was. She didn't know anything about it. She didn't know what I'm I was kidding. doing. I'm just kidding. She had no concept. She had no idea that people were even posting this stuff on the internet. So my sister is putting a uh, pottery studio in her garage. She has a two-car garage. Mm-hmm. And so she's b- is... buying a kiln. What? Yes. An electric kiln, not a not a fire kiln. And then uh, she's going to put up shelves and get a wheel. And I'm just going to go over there and throw pottery. You're going to drive place. down to your sister. She lives in so far now. She's doubly far, I think. And then her response is, I always drive up to see you. And I was like, yeah, because I got all the stuff. But now she's going to have stuff. But has, does she even know what she's doing? Yeah, she's taking ceramics classes. So she's just rolling in hard. We're just going to start a sister's pottery company. That's... <laughs> I, I, this is wild. I, this is all also new information. I didn't know that she was that big into it. Oh, yeah. She's been trying to talk me into getting a wheel. And I was like, I'd have to evict Ben to make space for a pottery studio. And she's like, that doesn't sound bad. <laughs> Why can't you just do it outside? For throwing? Yeah. No, because things will get in your clay. Okay. I mean, I guess I could, but it's not sure. ideal. All right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the kiln could go outside, but you can't really dry outside because it has to dry slowly. Sure. So you need racks. Yeah. In, have, you need indoor racks. racks. Yeah. Well, you'd have to get rid of a lot of stuff in the garage. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do anything in the garage. You just end up putting antenna boxes in it. <laughs> antenna boxes There's... is that what you think we do <laughs> just a bunch of antenna boxes everywhere i go in the garage i see an antenna so that's well i mean that's i mean yeah. portable antennas yeah, yeah, yeah. there's, there's just so many antennas, antennas. Yeah, i was like are. i was like looking for a a bag for golf clubs for ben and tennis <laughs> I do. Like. I, I do have to. The, there's a top rack. The t- the top shelf. I've mm-hmm. got to. I've got to get rid of that stuff. I got to get rid of all that stuff. To put the antennas up there. The antennas, <laughs> there. The antennas can't go. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not. Come on. But these these cases full of memories. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gotta go. That's gotta go. Well, the memories are like DVDs. Like that's. A, yeah. I, I literally am that guy. I have. I have. Probably 10 boxes of DVDs. Close, uh, maybe not 10. Maybe five or six. But regardless, there's way too many duvdas that I've got. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, what, uh, Russ continues. Was. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. Was. <laughs> Thank you, Was. <laughs> In the most recent podcast, I asked about installing a sky loop and was told to just do it. Well, I'm looking at probably nine cubic yards of concrete, according to uh, the Concrete Network. What? Dot oh, because he's got to put a mast in. Okay. <laughs> but the antenna work will have to wait 
until we dry out a bit. Oh, Other than that, about the okay, the water stuff, not yeah. the not the antenna. Because I was like, what, what what are we doing? Okay, all right. I am torn as to uh, I am torn as August twelfth is the Saint Albans Ham Fest. And the next day is North Adams, Massachusetts. I don't need to attend either event, but it would be nice to meet up with my fellow Vermonters, KN6MZX and K1MAZ. Not yes. sure if the wife will let me go to both, but it's getting into har- as it's getting into harvest season. Plus, that would be a lot of driving. Well, Russ, I mean, your wife probably feels the way I do about it. We just have no choice. You should fly. <laughs> Anyhow, gotta go. I have babbled way too much. 73 from Russ, KC5, CNT. Russ, go to the Hamfest. You gotta see Nathan and K Musax. You know? Musax, <laughs> that's right. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for the updates. Uh, I, I hope things dry out for you. But not too much. Just like the right amount of dry. Not like drought drought dry i mean you're in vermont so that's probably not a problem yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right the next email is titled mcu oh here we go oh this is from taylor been listening not even a greeting been listening for a year now <laughs> i don't know why i'm making this sound so aggressive <laughs> it just feels like it's been listening be- for a year now and this is where i've come <laughs> to fight <laughs> Been listening for going on a year now, but have pulled Alea and kept putting off the test. Pulled oh. Alea. Hey, Alea. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about people saying, I pulled Alea? How's that Hopefully feel? it changes soon. How's that feel? Is that good? Good luck on your test. <laughs> On the subject of the MCU, while I admit I am not all-knowing or partly knowing of the whole universe... Please correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Stark get his plans for all his major breakthroughs from his dad? N- oh. No. Oh, Leia. No, he built, no. he built the suit. He built the suit on his own. Yeah. But uh, the, so in the set, no, it was the, um, no, he got a lot of it. The arc reactor and stuff came from his dad. And, right. Yeah. I mean, my understanding was his dad basically had the diagram for the reactor and particles yeah. already made. Yeah. But he didn't make it. His dad didn't make it. Tony Well, Stark no, that was the it. whole part of the third movie. Yeah, the third movie is where he had the, the land. Mm-hmm. He had the model for the land that his mm-hmm. dad made. And he had the message to his son saying, I can't do this in my time. We mm-hmm. don't have the technology that will allow us to do this. And that's what allowed him to per- perfect to the, the point that we are to, at today, mm-hmm. scientifically, the arc reactor. Well, he did sacrifice his life and obviously very intelligent. Would he have gotten where he did without his dad? If that's the case, wouldn't it make his dad the greatest Avenger? No, 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 I, I, I don't. Well, I don't I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. Since he gave him the most breakthroughs and the fact that he was over the super soldier serum, making him over Cap and Iron Man. Oh, it's true. He in the MCU, it was Tony Stark's dad that made the serum. Mm. Right. Yeah. But he's not an Avenger. Well, the whole process. It's not just the serum. 
because he had to. Yeah, but he's not an Avenger. He can't. No, he's not. He's not avenging anybody. There's no avenging happening with him. He's also not boots on the ground fighting. Well, that's the avenging part that I was referring to. Oh. That was the aforementioned avenging. I mean, you can avenge people with science. That's (laughs) that's something you can do. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was not depicted in the movies. But he is the father of the best Avenger, so. I I don't know. We're undermining (laughs) your credibility right now. Taylor signs off. Hopefully a ham soon. Taylor. Taylor, I believe that you can do it. And uh, I don't like your argument. (laughs) I like many of the things you've said, Taylor. Thank you. Thank you. The next email is titled Linux, and this is from Logan. Oh, no. Hello. Just trying to catch up after getting behind. Listening to June 30th episode. Josh, I think you should give your mom Linux Mint. She sounds like she'd be a power user for sure. What is Linux Mint? Uh, no, I I feel like... Because of her DOS use? Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like the time... Do you know when, like... You know when you're younger and your brain is more like pliable. Pliable. Pliable mm-hmm. was the word I was thinking about. Spongy. Elastic. Like it, it's able to retain information. I feel like that that moment in my when my mom learned DOS was like that peak elasticity. Like just just peak. I needed to do a thing and I had to do it myself and she was just fully invigorated with that that energy. Today, I don't know that that Linux is going to be. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think so. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong because like Linux is way headier than DOS is. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more to Linux. Your mom is so frustration averse. She is very much. Yeah. Yeah, she is confrontation averse, frustration averse. Mm-hmm. 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 I would call her risk averse, but she does like playing the ponies. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. All, all across the board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Love Linux... my mom, but I mean, I, I think that's a fair characteristic. No, I mean, it took her over a decade to convert from a flip phone to an iPhone, and it only took a larger tablet device to make her. <laughs> understand the value of the iphone yeah she, i remember when she got the ipad and she was like this thing is amazing and we're like did you know that your phone if you got an iphone would do what your ipad does and then it was another half a decade at least yeah and she was like no i just it's just too small and i'm like you can make the font sizes bigger it's okay Yes. No. And it wasn't until I think her phone just wasn't supported anymore. Yeah, they were like, like literally you give up the ghost. You're the last one, lady. Yeah. <laughs> so probably not Linux for Josh's mom. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the suggestion, Logan. The next email is titled Ham Nation Day and Antennas. And this comes from Douglas. Ham Nation could become a club and get a call sign and do the Ham Nation Day. With ChatGPT, I was attempting to make a Terminator Genesis reference. Yes. 
Yes, we caught that. Thank you. Yes. I put up a video on my new antenna, dipole video, and ham shack video update. I'll drop those in the show notes if you would like to go ahead and follow Douglas's adventures as Douglas Amateur Radio and more. Thank you so much, Douglas. The next email is titled Middle of Nowhere Radio, and this comes from Carter. Okay. Hey, Josh and Leah. Just trying to figure out what radio would be a good choice to get for my situation. We have no cell phone reception where I live. You have to drive about an hour to get any cell reception. Wow. Never had any internet either my whole oh life my until the last Whoa. few years with Starlink. I know you're not a big fan of Elon, but it's our sure. only choice to acquire internet. I've been interested in ham radio for emergency and general communication purposes at home or out on the range on the ranch. I would prefer to be able to carry a handheld around, but would be okay with one mounted in a truck with a big antenna on top. I did some digging and found a couple of local repeaters 12 and 15 miles away. Oh, okay. We do have lots of small rolling hills and shallow valleys all around us. Is there a certain radio and antenna you could recommend that would be good to start with in this situation? Or is it going to be better to look into having an HF station at home? I, I think the I think ultimately for you, the right answer is probably going to be to get on HF uh, straight up. I, th I think you're probably in a very low noise floor situation. And even if you had noise, you know the noise you created. You created it. Right. You could just turn it off. You s just stop that. Yeah. Just stop the noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, having repeaters... It's all that, the touch lamps on the property. It's, just, it's all touch lamps. <laughs> I didn't mention this, but our entire property is a touch lamp manufacturing facility. <laughs> we have to move it all the way out in the middle of nowhere because everybody's real mad about our lamps. <laughs> so at, at 15 miles, uh, being like one of the... the further-ish um, repeaters. Yeah, you can totally kill it with a mobile. Uh, you might be able to do it with a handheld, but you didn't mention trees or how much you know greenery you have in your environment. A very inexpensive route is an ICOM 2730 and the Comet SBB5 antenna. You should be able to like have no problem in the vehicle hit that. And you can also buy another one of those radios right put it in your home and you can put uh like a ground plane antenna is what we call it for two meters and 70 centimeters there's mul every company makes one comet diamond mfj they make a a what it would call a base station antenna for you i wouldn't go with the five foot i'd go with at least like the 10 to 12 foot model if not the 17 for the increased capabilities and you should be able to have no problem at 50 watts to be able to hit that so there's the there's the short answer for what you can do right now i would encourage you to get on hf though uh, you you likely are living in a space that many people are jealous of in regards to your property and what you can do in that space so for you um i would put hf as your long-term goal and uh yeah you could have a lot of fun until then because yeah you're local uh, to that repeater, so you should be good. All right. Well, Carter signs off 73. Carter, hope Josh's uh, suggestions help you out and let us know how it goes. Please. 
The next email is titled Under the Canopy, and this comes from our good friend, Doug. Hey, Josh and Leah, long time no email. I'll try it and do better. Yeah, Doug, do better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome back to the tower. Oh, I didn't have to say it. Leah, did. she <laughs> provided the shade. Now you, Doug, if you piss Leah off, <laughs> you can make me mad all you want, but it's Leah you don't want to offend. Yeah, I hold a grudge. Yeah. I haven't talked to one of my friends in weeks. Because I'm still mad. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, we texted, but I won't answer calls or anything. <laughs> just... I texted to say I'm not answering your call. <laughs> About a week ago, we decided to take a trip down to Kentucky and go to Mammoth Cave National Park. Ooh. We headed down on Saturday. It's about a six-hour drive. Got to our hotel and then grabbed a Brussels sprout pizza. That sounds good. Sounded uh, weird, but I'm good to try anything once. Remember that for later. The pizza was excellent. Butter and garlic, sauce, spinach, Brussels sprouts, bacon, honey, maple, mustard glaze, mozzarella cheese. Fantastic. So I, I the only question I have it. here is how big are the Brussels sprouts? It's probably shaved Brussels sprouts because you can't. So shaved, yeah. 100% on board. Mm -hmm. That's probably delicious all that i'm gonna make that on the grill Amazing. right now but I'm like gonna if stop the podcast it, go if make you, some if dough. you quartered the brussels sprouts or like have them that's too much that's no uh, it has to be work. shaved or it's not i think cook. so i think yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm with you of course my son's stuck with a pepperoni pizza for himself <laughs> gotta make him adventurous He's got to try a bite. You got to yeah. force him to try at least a bite. My the thing with my kids is you have to try everything at least three times. Not in the same sitting, but over time, you have to try it. it uh, you told me that, right? That's yeah. how you grew up. Yeah. And I did not grow up that way. And there are many times that's where... That's why your sister eats butter noodles, okay? okay. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, I did not grow up that way, but being with you, I have tried to get as close as I can to that. Yeah, like except for Baloo. Pushing, pushing the, the, you know, the, the boundaries. And I have, uh, I think, lived an amazing experience through food. Yes. Just it's from a, being with you. It's a large part of the experience. No, no, but, but, but I'm, I'm trying to compliment you. Oh, thank yeah, you. asshole. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm Jesus. Okay. Podcast's done. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but, but seriously, it, you're, uh, you're challenging me to try different things. Like, there's plenty of things that, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, that yeah. into. You didn't try the raw marinated crab today. It was delicious. No, but I mean, like, when, um, when Chung handed me the, the wood grub, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. I didn't love it. Was it was a silkworm. No, it's a wood grub. No, it's a silkworm. I don't think so. Yes. That is what's on the menu. Oh, it just silkworm. tastes woody. It just yes. tastes woody. Yeah. Okay. So, tastes minerally. No, it tastes like wood. It tastes like if I was chewing on wood, like a hamster. It's to, like to, liver. It's like liver with a shrimp shell. To gnaw I... down my ever-growing teeth. <laughs> that is what I would expect it to taste like. It was in a delicious soup. <laughs> no, it was yeah. not. It was not fantastic. But that's the that's the worst case example. That's like the, <laughs> that's a fun story we tell. But there are many other like enriching and amazing experiences that I've had by challenging my food boundaries. Yeah. So yes, but no, balutes. No, that's yeah. You have to do it. I know. I have. You to. owe it to me. I know. I have to. It, it just, is. Oh, it never. Now we're right. we're on the right. balut train where you do the chicken egg and the duck egg. 
because you have to pay with interest now. No, th- this is there's no vig. <laughs> there's no vig on the balloon. Okay, you're not a Shylock. We're not trying to run. It's not gonna work. Okay, that's that's not where you you're pay gonna, interest. I'm not gonna wake up in the morning. You have a wiffle ball bat trying to break my kneecaps. <laughs> that's not gonna work yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> if that ever does happen, that's a whole separate problem. <laughs> It's balut day. <laughs> you know what the problem though is? Is that there's so many Asian cops in this city <laughs> that you'll be able to explain this situation, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, "Oh wait, I can't just say I'm white." <laughs> no, you, 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 you made an agreement. Yes. Now you got the cop holding the wiffle ball bat. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like council members show up. All Asians. They're like, well, what's wrong? Two of them are Filipino. They're like, one of them is Vietnamese. (laughs) Now it's a hate crime if I don't eat the balloon. Yes. No one's no one's doing anything to me about the wiffle ball bat. I just want you to know. Do you know what's hilarious? I, don't I know, forgot I hadn't put on my registration sticker on my car for over a year. No. <laughs> yes. It was. I thought I had put it on. Mm-hmm. And then I got like my renewal. And then I went to put it. I was like, I haven't put. <laughs> it's two years. The gap between my stickers. <laughs> Nobody pulled me over. <laughs> no, not a single cop. I, I drive by so many cops. Leia. Welcome to white privilege. <laughs> I'm kidding. White people get pulled over just as bad. But I, I don't know. Th- that is an anomaly. That's an anomaly, I have to say. I think it, like a number of times there have been cops behind me. They're like, oh, she doesn't have a sticker. I can like I can tell. They're like running my plates and they were like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. That's Okay. Leia, I don't know. It feels like you're bragging a little bit. About it. It's <laughs> not a good brag. Uh, my point is that if I were to call the cops, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting. If you I'm, were to yes, call the yes. cops, and the the a balut agreement shows up, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a problem for me. Like, I don't think you understand. They're going to. I'm trying to rid him of you. racism. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to make me eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Batons out. <laughs> I don't even know. Do the cops still roll with batons? Not like the tasers old... out. <laughs> tasers out. I'm just gonna get tased into eating the loot. All right. Well, Doug continues. We arrived a few hours early, so we had time to look about the park itself. We found a nice spot, and I brought out the FT891, a 20 meter hamstick, and an antenna mag mount. I put the mount on a barbecue grill near a picnic table, connected the radio, and activate the park K0050. It was a little rough, but I did get uh, some 59 contacts in Texas. That's Wait, 59 contacts just in Texas? Amazing. Or 59 contacts to Texas because he's in Texas. Uh, Either he way. Went to, he went to that's... Kentucky. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. After doing single side band. I got distracted with all this hot balut. 
You also need to try raw marinated crab because it's amazing. It is so good. Ben literally is just sitting there. He's not even he's not even eating the rice. He's just eating the raw marinated crab. Slowly in the happiest way. It just it makes it like really silky and delicious. It's fantastic. Is it like blue crab or what kind of crab is it? It's like a blue crab. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, and it's like marinated in a delicious sauce. And then it's got the tamale in it. It's yeah, see that? So I'm good. not a I'm not a fan of that. And the tamale is the best part. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I mean, I arguably some people make it without the tamale at all. But Yeah. No, I I'm not yucking your yum, but I've had uni, and uni is very much in the the flavor vernacular of a tamale. And I'm But gonna... it's marinated in a delicious soy sauce that has yeah. jalapenos in it. Yeah. Um... I've tried uni many times, and I've had crab tamale, and I'm not a big fan. Just Have try it. the raw marinated crab. Oh, my man. God. I, I will try the raw marinated crab. The the legs, claws, all of that. you got to eat the body. Nobody cares about the legs and claws. There's barely any on a blue crab. <laughs> it's all about the body meat. <sighs> I just I'm So delicious. Fan. Not a big fan. You haven't even tried it. I've had crab You just meat. talked about how I have broadened your horizons and one of the best things that I have eaten yes, recently. Yes, and because of that, now I have my own experience to build upon the... There's a difference between saying I haven't had the thing and I, I won't try it because I'm scared. By the way, I'm still scared completely of Balut. I'm, I'm not <laughs> taking anything away from my fear. Just eat that. it blindfolded. God, if that's not the problem... That is not gonna solve it i'm gonna know like come on i can't trick myself i'm not i'm gonna know who's gonna know i'm gonna know <laughs> i'm gonna know who's gonna know <laughs> i'm gonna know <laughs> don't be suspicious don't be suspicious wouldn't it be funny if i just brought you home like the deep fried balut where they like batter it and i'll be Wait, like you don't think i won't know it's like look it's uh it's a new delicacy it's it's like a new kind of bun cot <laughs> beaked <laughs> Peaked. That's the joke. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise beak. God. You're not gonna trust anything deep fried that I bring home again. Not egg shaped at least. It's not egg shaped. What do you mean? It's not egg shaped. What shape is it? It's different. Like a nugget? We should just try it. We should go down to the Little Saigon Night Market. There's somebody there who does it. It's very popular. They have a tamarind sauce, too. I do like a tamarind sauce. Because <laughs> if we do it at home, I'm giving you salt, pepper, and an herb. <laughs> just leaves. Okay. Proper Vietnamese style. <laughs> Maybe a little lemon. For dipping. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, Doug got uh, 59 contacts in Texas. After doing single sideband, I connected my key and started hunting park to park on CW. By now, my son was starting to get bored. This was to be a fun family adventure. So I made one CW contact with a Canadian station. Nice. Wow, from Kentucky. That's great. And we packed it in. 
We left the park long enough to grab some lunch, then came back for a tour. This took a little over two hours, but was incredible. The temp in the cave was about 55 degrees Fahrenheit, while outside it was a balmy 92. Very welcome natural air conditioning. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, regarding the subject of this email, my birthday is the day after Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. (laughs) It's Boxing Day. (laughs) My wife graciously, see what I did there, allows me to do anything I want with regards to ham radio. If it's going to be expensive, she just requests that we discuss it first to see where it will fit into the budget. This year, she had no idea what to get me, so she combined Christmas and birthday and gave me a card. On it, she wrote, she knew I wanted to try skydiving, so it would be exactly what I want and I should find a place and schedule it. So I'm scheduled to jump this Saturday. (gasps) Good luck on your jump. And I will be jumping with someone you've probably heard of. No way. You're jumping with Carlos. KD9OLN. And I will be making two tandem jumps. Yeah. Are you going to do ham radio? One free fall and then one operating parachute mobile. Yep. Carlos. He actually lives about an hour from me. No We're going to do parachute mobile probably two meters from 14,000 feet. I'm sure we'll list the frequency on his Patreon page, and I know he puts the frequency on Discord. There will definitely be pics and videos to share. Really looking forward to this. Hopefully, KB8M doesn't end up meeting, <laughs> meaning KBAM. <laughs> That's funny, because it do I, be looking like that. There is, uh, gosh, I, I, I will tell you of the, of the hams I have got to hang out with, and I'll, I'll just say party with. Carlos is at the same time like one of the most free spirited individuals to like hang out with mm-hmm. and just like just let it loose. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, cut up to have a good time. But at the same time, when he talks about skydiving, he is so focused and just completely on point. It, it's it, it's like he's got this. You, the, the whole gear change thing that we were talking about earlier it's like the the free gear where he's just chilling and hanging out he's uh-huh. just he's enjoying life everything's a lot of fun but then the like when you you start talking about parachuting it's just like you can see the gear change in his head he's just like so focused so intense and just he he follows like everything we've talked about just so many things oh it's he i love the duality of of carlos if you will it's it's really really cool Great guy. Great guy. Love hanging out with Carlos. You're going to have such a good time. Excellent. And, you know, I've been skydiving. You have. That is one thing I can say you're not going to balut me into. I'm not. I have no desire to jump out of a plane. I mean, honestly, your first jump's always a tandem jump. And unless you get a suicidal skydiver, which doesn't exist because they constantly have adrenaline running through their system. I'm not. I have no interest in it. I just I have zero interest in it. It was fun. I'm sure it was. I I mean, I I wouldn't do it now. I'm a very different person as a mom than I was the free spirited 20 something that jumped out of a plane. (laughs) Like, You know what I mean? I I believe you. Sounds like a great memory you have now. Kids, you know? Yeah, not for me. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm crossing my fingers that the weather holds out and the smoke from Canada doesn't keep us from jumping. That's all for now. I'll put a link with oh, the video so cool. after the jump and I'll put a video about Mammoth Cave. I do have a song in the works as well. It's mm. been too long. It has been too long. I love the musical stylings of Doug. Yeah, Doug, that's going to be a super fun adventure. I hope you have a great time. And of course, an animal rescue story. Also need more of those. But that's for another time. 73, Doug Berkey. Thank you, Doug. Excellent. And I will drop those links that you provided in the show notes. Much appreciated. The next email is titled, New Phone and Radio. Who dis? And this comes from <laughs> The Leatherman West. The Leatherman. <laughs> well, in January, I said I would not spend any money on new radios and just learn and I to five. work <laughs> with what I got. Then I got a house. And of course, I need a new antenna. And well, if I'm going to get a new antenna, yes. might as well get a better radio. What? Well, since it's QRP, I guess I need an amp. Needless to say, I have spent more since January on radio gear than I ever have. Yeah. When you give a ham a property... They're going to put up bandanas. Yeah. I purchased a KX3. Oh, buddy. And paired it with an RM Italy 100 watt amp. I want a station I can grab and go. One that has a really good, a really good, really good receiver. When I knew that the KX3 was nice, but words cannot describe the elegance of yeah, this radio. It's very good. I must say, paired with a DigiRig, FT8 is easy. And one of my first contacts was with the person who purchased my beloved Yesu 450 in the Discord. Yes, my second radio love had to finance my third love. I once thought that no radio could replace the love I had for the Yesu 817, but the KX3 blinded me to that. I really really like the Ellicraft. Oh, that's super cool. Also, one of my first contacts on it was to Amanda from Ham Nation, <laughs> giving away free <laughs> wow, Vodafone. shout out to Amanda. 15 watts, of course. I cannot recommend this radio enough. Just a reminder to the new people, your radio hobby will evolve over time. That's why I bought this radio. I felt I had mastered QRO, FT8, and single sideband. And gotten pretty good at QRP, FT8, and single sideband. So now it's on to CW. I knew the only way to learn was to spend money on something with a training mode and decoder to help out. I have started my training and will be on the air in a new mode before long. Attached is a picture of the KX3 and my new key. I hope this encourages someone to grow in the hobby. I don't share this to brag. Good luck out there and 73, folks. Oh, yeah, I got a new phone, too, because I broke my Note 10. I got a Galaxy Z Flip 3. I know Josh likes quirky things. A flip smartphone fits that bill. Maybe this style will keep me from shattering the screen in my pocket. See you in Huntsville. Maybe oh, I can good. find a 705 for sale there and compare the two. 73 West the Leatherman. The yeah, Galaxy West. Z Flip 3, I have seen. I know people who have it. It is really cool. It's super cool. But the problem is, is that it doesn't have Gorilla Glass as the, the, as the face screen. It's soft plastic. It's like old school phones that we had like back in the day. They... It, 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 Wes, you got to be really careful. 
let me just say that. Go look up uh, Jerry Rig Anything if you want to see. <laughs> that that did that YouTube channel is amazing because he he puts a piece of tape on the screen, and it's uh, broken one through I think nine, which is the Mohs scale for hardness, mm -hmm. and then he steps up to different level of hardness picks, mm -hmm. and he tries to scratch the screen. Uh -huh. And those those flip any of the folding um, LED LCD screens, they are super susceptible to that kind of damage because they they got to fold they're, yeah they're they're plastic based don't rain on wes's parade I'm not your I'm just phone like, is be, super cool I, no so no was it's your super radio cool. it's super cool it's super cool just be really careful with it well well done wes i'm well glad done. you found a third love yes but now it's time it's the And this comes from Chief Volunteer. Chief. Or Head Volunteer Podcast Co-Producer. General ECMO of <laughs> Podcast Co-Producer. Who will be advocated for is the title. Oh. Well, I'm glad I checked the Discord late at night for me so I can keep my streak alive. Yes, we posted in the HRCC Podcast channel. Did you channel. see what I posted? Beloved. Posted? Beloved. Where did that come from? Wrangler Star. Oh, wow. Wait, you don't know the lore? You're not following the hot I'm Wrangler not. Star lore? I'm I'm good on following So Wrangler he he Star. starts all of his videos now with Beloved. Oh, no. And then the ending is always act accordingly. What? As he tells you how to be like a guerrilla war, <laughs> war fighter. It's ridiculous. I am uncomfortable with him referring to his wrangler horde as beloved yeah i don't know where that comes from this is wild why would that not be his wife unless he's know. getting a divorce well okay hey you know yeah sorry cody this email <laughs> will constitute that streak i do i actually do have a ham radio subject especially dealing with the raise of membership fee from the arrl Disclaimer, I know nothing about taxes or how the ARRL or nonprofits work. Nonprofits don't pay taxes. That's a uh, hot tip for you. There's no taxes for nonprofits. Remember a number and also a break. You're saying the ARRL qualifies for nonprofit? Yeah. Aren't they a nonprofit? They are. That's how I looked up their financials. Oh, I guess that's true, right? Yeah. Even though they can have a quote-unquote for-profit you know staff that are paid yeah you have to pay staff but no a nonprofit means that nobody is taking the profits from the business wow. and usually there's a greater good component sure. of the nonprofit sure 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 so so it's serving a community that makes sense yeah, yeah. that makes sense Remember a number of weeks ago, we were checking out the public tax forms for the ARRL, the Form 990. I was just doing a quick compare between all the ones available from 2014 to 2021. Oh, wow. Nate did a deep That's dive. That's not a quick compare. Thank you, Nathan, for doing this. Uh, in this forum, they have to describe the organization's program services accomplishments for each of the largest program services as measured by expenses, standard nonprofit stuff. Third from the top program service is consistency, consistently advocacy. 
Advocacy. Promote the use of amateur radio, especially as emergency communication in time of disaster. Monitor FCC regulations in regard to amateur radio on behalf of the members. Mm -hmm. Monitor legislation as it relates to amateur radio to keep members informed of important changes. It seems that as time goes by, advocacy expenses have actually gone down. Sounds great. In 2014, they spent 888000 on advocacy. In 2015, it goes up to 901000 In 2018, 746000 I'm rounding. Nathan gives exact numbers, but I'm rounding. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, 2019... It goes to seven hundred fifty-two thousand, almost seven hundred fifty-three thousand. Okay. In twenty twenty, five hundred ninety-two thousand, uh, almost nine hundred. Everybody's uh, at home. Five hundred and ninety-three thousand. Getting ready for COVID. In two thousand twenty-one, four hundred and seventy-eight thousand. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that from COVID. Look, hey, look, advocacy costs about half what it was in 2014. Yes, COVID was in there. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems that we had a lot of surge of interest in ham radio and amateur radio testing, learning in that period as well. Maybe it costs less to advocate remotely. Maybe you know what this means because I surely don't understand. Is this section the one that involves defending the bands? and out of use or just trying to get more people into ham radio. Um, it, it sounds like it's pretty clearly defined. Advocacy is, uh, they, they are talking about just monitoring. Yeah. At the, literally their declaration is that their job is not to <clears throat> I, I, advocate on behalf of hams so much as just to keep them informed. Yeah, that that's that that goes to my my tricky wicket or sticky wicket on the whole thing is the um, the lobbying aspect, right? That that's they are supposed to be the lobbying arm. I, I know, and that and would that's, be like that's if the, the NRA that, was like, I'm just going to tell you about gun legislation. I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm monitoring it. Yeah. And then once I monitor it, I'm going to tell you about what I monitored. Right. It's like, okay. That's but... not what we want you to do. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm with, with the, it by should the way, be defense of the service and the hobby. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if they were much more vocal about that, I think they'd get a lot more support. By the way, they, they just had a price increase. That's what Nathan said. And the price increase, so the hike on the price does not include the magazine. That's a secondary cost now to get it in print form. Mm. So it's it's like a double hike if you think about it. The membership price just went up. And then if you want the magazine, it's like an a la carte option. It is – I – I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen right now. I, I really don't. It it's it's worry. It's it's worrying to me because I I think we need we we need a lobbying aspect. I don't know that that means that it's like boots on the ground all the time, just constantly hammering the drum. But there has to be there has to be somebody something. with relationships with decision makers that right. are like constantly 
in their face showing that there is power behind him. And, and that's and where I was going to finish the sentence with is that the, the problem with lobbying is you, you don't you don't build rapport with the lobbyist that's there one month out of the year. Exactly. It, it's a it full time lobbyist. It, it has to be something that is a, a continual relationship. And that's you could argue that that's a, a corruption in our system. And sure, I, I, I would be right there with you. But that's the reality of it right now. And I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with the AWRL right now. I, I, I don't. I do not see it. Now, I, I'm always willing to be corrected and you know educate me on what what that means. But looking at the the numbers that we saw, it was nineteen thousand dollars for the lobbying arm of the AWRL, which to me seems it it just doesn't seem like enough. It it just doesn't. I, I just. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's we're we're entering into a really interesting in the sense of like a historian looking back in time, but also Do kind you of mean scary. Disappointing. Well, I said scary <laughs> because it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because it, oh boy, there there's so many things I could say about this. Like if you, you, you can literally probably draw a line, which is kind of funny. You can probably draw a line between 2020 and now when YouTube ham radio started to take off. And I'd argue, I don't have the numbers to back this up. This is just me talking, but I would argue that the advocacy of social media outside of the AWRL has been stronger for getting people to know about the hobby and grow the hobby in that sense than 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 much of what they do i i mean i, I correct me if i'm wrong i don't know that i'm i'm wrong on that but it's 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 a strong statement that i'm making i just, i don't know i don't know it's kind of a weird time leia's feverishly typing what do what are you thinking here i'm <sighs> I always see associations like this, like these nonprofits. I don't think that I expect from the AWRL what it believes that it is doing. It, like quite clearly to me, the AWRL is a publishing house. I agree. They are basically a member-funded publishing house yeah and and i i hope if if you're listening steve k5ata i think i think you are doing amazing things with the awrl and the education reach and and the knowledge transfer all that stuff i'm not necessarily talking about that but i don't i don't think there is no way that you can compete with with youtube right now there's no way that you can compete with the advocacy that has been done by YouTubers on I mean, behalf of Ham Radio at this point. And in reality, they should be collaborative with YouTubers. And they, they are to a degree. They are to a degree. I know we, we talk about Adabara a lot. And I feel like I'm always like walking a fence here because I respect what they're doing. I and I and I've been a member for a long time and will continue to be one. But I'm seeing the, I'm seeing this void, this 
the uncanny valley of of publishing to non-publishing content right that that's the thing that that well i mean in my mind it's kind of like well the the publications should support themselves do do you know what i mean like you're not paying a membership to fund a magazine that you're not willing to pay for I well right I mean, like that's, you're that's not my willing base, to pay for base a subscription. Base understanding is that like for something to be a successful business, it should be self. If I'm if I'm paying an organization, mm-hmm. it is like an association for something of which I consider myself a member. I am paying for them to advocate for whatever it is that I have a membership in. Yeah, advocacy is. <sighs> It's kind of a scary wiggle r- and, worm uh, and word now like, that we're hearing we're talking about it. Uh, advocacy to me doesn't mean to inform me. I can set a Google alert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It is. Well, advocacy for people who have no idea what ham radio is, I think we can all agree just just happens better through, I don't know, social media. At this point? Well, that's what I'm saying, that there should be a collaboration with the YouTubers. Like, in in the interactions, from what I understand, that the ARRL has come up with, they are still focused on this, like, oh, we're going to help you YouTubers do this outreach. And it's like, no, no, that is not the way. We don't need your help creating content Mm -hmm. we're going to continue to create content how we want to create content because that is actually the point of youtube everybody gets to explore their voice right we don't need an overarching organization to try to organize us that's not your job sure right but what the awrl could be doing is working with youtubers leveraging the reach that each YouTuber's community has yes. to achieve these goals. Like right. they should they should be considered a mobilization arm, not like a representation of ham radio that they feel like they need to teach and manage. If and like it's even more outlandish to me that the AWRL thinks that, oh, we're gonna teach ham radio YouTubers that have been operating for like how many operators Well now you're now you're getting a little in the weeds of that dinner, I think. <laughs> no, but that's that's such a ridiculous like and so far fetched, like up their own butts like idea that they're like, Well, we're gonna show you how to make good content. I was like, well, how about you create your own channel and make your own good content before you start telling people who have successfully made content how they should be doing it? Yeah. Okay. We're getting a little into the weeds. Um, Yeah. I. That's no, that's fine. But I'm saying. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And that was. uh, Oh, my God. Like, I don't know how to unravel all of this. The A double You're trying. You're trying to be real PC, and no, I have I, no allegiance to A double No, I know that. I know that's true. I know that's true. Man, you 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 totally <laughs> you got me on this one. I like just the gall, honestly. It's just complete mismanagement. I'm so sorry. It's like it. 
if your if your publications cannot fund themselves at minimum and break even, that is a publication you need to let go. Man. So let let's go with that. I, I completely agree with you that it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how big the membership is and what that demographic is. If you produce a book or any one thing and it's not able to sustain itself, then it's and I guess it depends on how wide your your publishing is. I mean, consider the fact that you have like Gordon West and like how many other very successful books. Oh, it's it's not people... even Gordon West. It's like Ward Silver who just makes fantastic books. Yeah. You already have people on the market doing this job. If the AWRL is not doing a better job than the people that are already publishing to the point where they cannot sustain whatever their books are that they sell, then they should not be creating those books. The void has been filled. Take that money and put it towards advocacy. No, I, I think I was going a different direction. Um, so it, the, the books have a, a market, right? And the thing is, is if the if the market, if the money that the books make are used to offset too many things, then the bloat of the entire organization is weighing itself down. Right. Yeah. So the, the the thing that has to be balanced here is the membership of the AWRL comes with certain perks, and and those perks are on their website. You can look them up. I, I I definitely don't know them off the top of my head anymore. That is funding a portion of the AWRL. Like the the again, I'm using bloat not to mean it's all bad or it's all good. It's just it's just the the cost of operating. And then the publishing arm also offsets that cost, right? That bloat that we're talking about. I feel like that there's probably some housekeeping that probably needs to get done, right? In in terms of addressing that cost. And, and I think one of the things the AWRL does pretty good job at is surveying their constituents their their members and i think that in the last survey the the writing is on the wall that one of the biggest things that the members are looking for is the political outreach is the lobbying and is protecting the bans one of the questions the answer was the highest voted answer was protecting amateur radio bans so that that's something that they should definitely look into being one of their tentpole points in the coming year and the rest of this year that it it really should be that okay this is something that came up in, in that like we need to, there needs to be more open discussion there needs to be more information that comes out about that political side of this right and unfortunately, when I look at the the numbers, I I, I can't take nineteen thousand dollars and contribute that to a major major political effort, a major political move or lobbying or anything like that. And so, if I don't if I don't see the numbers back up the the cloak and dagger type of stuff that they sometimes want to do, which they argue is for 
you know, well, we don't want to show our hand because if we show our hand, then our, you know, people that are against us will know our play. See, that, that, that's, that's an argument you can make if you, if you had like $100,000 mm-hmm. into lobbying. But when, when you show up with 19, I, I, I have no information, so my assumptions can only run wild. So that, that's something I'd like to see done better if we can go forward. That that's I guess my point. I don't know. This is uh you Shanghai me, Leia. What? Actually we'll blame Nate. Let's all blame let's all blame <laughs> Nate. Nate, a fantastic email. Um we will likely be talking about this in the future and continuously all the time on the podcast because I one hundred percent support the AWRL, but I have no problem talking about things that you know I, I think should be done better i mean do they need to be producing the number of magazines they produce for the market that wants them you know i don't know but if the market doesn't support it sure then why continue all the publications and i actually do like that they have split off the publications let them stand on their own if people aren't going to pay for the subscriptions then that print goes out of print they can still make it digitally the cost it, is the printing. It, it it needs yeah. So, you know, we always we always talk about. Well, I don't know that we always talk about it, but the difference between strategy strategy is the overarching main goals, and tactics is how individual goals are accomplished. Yeah. So the strategy should be have a self sustaining thing, right? In publishing, the tactics should be. Focus on the big money makers and then tactically support the things that drive the advocacy you're looking no, for. No, absolutely. So this is a very common thing in uh, in all nonprofits, mm-hmm. right? You have a main program. That main program supports the things that don't cost anything. We call right? that the money maker. Right. But the problem with what's happening with publication is that they don't need to be producing something that is not supporting itself in in terms of books. Well, it's because okay. the it's, books are already out there. It, Other okay. people are making them successfully. Like the fifth and sixth revision of the same book. Right. Like if you're anything. if yeah, nobody yeah, okay. if nobody yes. else yes. were doing it, okay, then it, that is something that you need to provide. I guess the point that I was trying to make is that it's okay to have a loss leader if it's furthering your long-term goal sure of advocacy but you can also assume that if it's a loss leader the uh, the penetration excuse me the penetration in that market is probably lower than the impact you're hoping to get for that advocacy but i genuinely expect when like people pool money in a membership Mm -hmm. that that organization is going to go out and accomplish something that an individual can't do that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, because at, at why, the very else, base why level. else are we paying you? And I think that a lot of people have proven that some of the things that the AWRL is throwing money at, right, is things that other people are already doing as individuals. And they shouldn't be trying to hang on to that. They should say, hey, you know what? Well, the- Let's stop doing this. Let's support the person who yeah. is doing it already very well. 
you can pick it back up if for some reason that person stops doing it. It's it's the same thing I expect from well, government. What's your example? What, I mean, did you have the ARRL um, guides for the tests? Like if you have literally, there's at least three other guides plus ham study that are immensely popular mm-hmm. that people refer to more often than the ARRL books oh i see what you're saying so why keep printing that book if it's not self-sustaining if it is self-sustaining then my point is moot Mm -hmm. right but if the the amount of now i'll I'll be honest i assume that's self-sustaining the license books i I assume that's self-sustaining but i feel the same thing about magazines like this is the magazine Mm -hmm. Like so many other magazines, you have to read the writing on the wall. There's not, I mean, there's not, well, I, they I, produce I, I see where so many that. magazines. No, I know, but you well, run it down to one. They produce one. three. Yeah. Technically, come on. two are the biggest, but QST is the largest for but, sure. But why? Why three? Is that necessary? I, these are all good questions. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. Could you take the money from at least two of them and funnel them towards advocacy? I mean, like I understand, like uh, the programs that Steve spearheads. Absolutely, there's no expectation that that uh, that should make any money, right? But you can't have things that are sucking up money that should, uh, like the magazines. The magazines are. Uh, the print ones, at the very least, if they want to continue to produce it digitally, it's the print cost that's a problem. The print and mailing cost. Sure. To all the members. Yeah. And I, I would venture to guess over 50% of the members aren't even reading that magazine. <laughs> that is a number I pulled out of nowhere, so... Don't listen to me on that. But I, I can tell from the number of QSTs that I have just straight thrown away, you didn't you, miss them. No, you did not. <laughs> you did not. I, I feel like there's a deft maneuver here uh, that that could be done that is positive. And you could still probably achieve many of the goals. I, I think I think we gotta I think we gotta double down on on the band protection. Yeah, I, I and I and I don't mean they have to justify their existence. I don't and and I and when I say that I don't mean Gadsden flag. You can't tread on me. I mean we got to start putting somebody active in the government to be more active, like to be more involved, more engaged. Yeah, that has to happen. Like that and strategy to mobilize everyone because literally they send out. Yes, they are monitoring legislation. They're sending out notices of legislation. And, uh, like, they're not even reflecting on impact. No, they are. They, 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 do, they do add commentary on all their articles and whatnot for the appropriate timing. And I just feel like there's too much, there's too much don't look behind the curtain. Not enough transparency. That is one of the problems the AWRL has is is the transparency is lacking. So I'm not proposing let's you know just open the kimono for everyone and see all the no. Bits. But the the real I'm problem saying, with a lack of transparency is actually that you're not including the community that you're representing in the conversation. Like you cannot act like some kind of overlords, like another like policing agency 
you have to look at your membership as your partners. So that would be my approach. That that would be my approach. And that the the lobbying in particular, I think, has to be very transparent. Yes. It, almost to the point that, like, the, the bulletin should be a part of the QST from whomever that lobbying slash lawyer is. Agreed. That, that works for – it's the same thing – it's the same thing the NRA did. I know everybody hates when we when we say the NRA has done this and that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not a supporter of the NRA anymore, but at, at one time I was. And I definitely was a supporter of the legislative arm of the NRA, not necessarily the overarching plan, but – Understand why I say that is because they were very transparent in what they were pushing for. There were certain, again, tent pole positions that they were all about. Now, I'm not going to pretend. And the other thing about the NRA is you kind of knew who in um, in the legislature was on your side. You, you right. knew that there and, was representation mm-hmm. for your objectives, and right? I, and I, I want to make everybody clear. I don't think that our bans are in the same level of threat as like gun ownership or gun laws and all that stuff. I'm not I'm not trying to imply that. I don't think any of us are doing that. So I'm, I'm not impl- I'm not trying to say that this is something we need to hear from these people all the time. We just need this constant flow of information. No, not at all. But for this uh, recent FCC, you know, petition on our stock bros wanting to get on uh, HF frequencies, I know that the ARRL is, is, is playing the card that they've played a lot of, like, hold on, we're going to talk about it, but we don't want to tip our hat to our adversaries. I said this at the uh, at at the dinner that they know your position. Your position is against them. That's already done. They don't they don't need a magic eight ball to say that you don't like their plan. They know that you don't. So the only thing you can do is increase the volume on what you're trying to do, and then foster support for the position you're trying to make. And if you if you don't have legislators that are vocally yes. advocating for you, like if there aren't legislators that are clearly I am a ham and I am for protecting ham bans, you have nothing. Right. And this 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 goes back to the um the gold waters of the world and all the actual real ham radio proponents that we had in government we don't we talked about this on the podcast we don't have many of those anymore right so it's actually an even harder road to hoe that you you have to the reason that we don't have it is because there's nobody there like lobbying making it clear to the the legislators that that hams are an important part of the voting population that like it. it, Oh God. Could you imagine how much I could do with metrics like that? Like you could, I don't know that, I don't know they have that information, but I bet they could turn around some kind of like, no, but it's literally because they don't have anybody there with a relationship that is like strong enough for them to, to come out and, 
basically speak. Like the ARRL, they have these, all of these magazines, right? How is there not a feature at least once a year on all of the the legislature? They, they do talk about that. Like No, like straight year. up interviews, what those people are doing to advocate oh, for hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see. Like yeah. It, it should be because... All of these things are a reciprocal relationship, mm-hmm. right? The only reason the legislature cares about this cause is knowing that people that they represent care about the cause. But the only reason that they will openly represent it is if there is something like the AWRL with their news, with their magazine, who is doing features on them. Mm-hmm. Like that has to happen. The, the people need to be known. They need to be known so that you can vote for them. Right. And if if the AWRL is not going to do that at minimum and build that relationship between legislators and voters that care about these topics, they're not going to get into it. That's like bare minimum. You don't even need a lobbyist for that. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Man. All right. You feel good? I I don't. I feel mad. You can keep paying your memberships to the ARRL to do what? Magazines you don't read? It sounds like the ARRL needs to get you as a lobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I... It's tough. It's really tough. It's tough because you're trying to be considerate. <laughs> no. It doesn't have to be. But but I see the value. I see the value in other areas. But I think the the hams have spoken, and they've. So said, you are kind of becoming an old ham. I am, and yeah. I am a new ham. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like other hams coming into the hobby are like, what does the AWRL do? I don't actually care about the newspaper, uh, the magazine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get I get all of the information that I need through whoever I watch on YouTube or whoever I follow on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I'm not consuming my media about my hobby through a magazine. Like I like pottery. I'm not I don't have a subscription to a pottery magazine. You mean you don't have pottery monthly? No, it's actually Pottery Daily. It comes out every day. <laughs> it's an email that you get. Wow. No, it's actually a newspaper that's uh, sent to the house. Shut up. <laughs> that you use to do, do something. Do you see? With do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? <laughs> do you? <laughs> do you understand? I, I wondered what that newsy was all about. <laughs> he was asking for. Do you gruel? follow me? He was asking for gruel. He walked five miles to get here to give you your your newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Pretty sad. With a rag of muffin. It's actually printed on pottery. You get a plate every day. <laughs> that would be so. That would depending on the subscription cost. That could be really valuable. I think. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Thanks oh, so much, Nathan. We, we yeah, Nathan. Nathan wow. always bringing up the A double R L. I, we would love to hear your emails on this one. <laughs> I think if you if you if you made it this long, uh, you probably have thoughts. So make sure you email us at Leia at hamtactical.com. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback 
means a lot to us. 73. 73. I did it. I clicked the button. You did it. Good night, everybody. Good night.